0: The Locked and Loaded Latinos podcast is part of the Self-Defense Radio Network, all your pro-freedom podcasts in one place. You can find the Self-Defense Radio Network at sdrn.us. Some of the great shows that you'll see there are the Polite Society podcast, Self-Defense Gun Stories, Gun Freedom Radio, Riding Shotgun with Charlie, and many, many others. Thank you so much for being a listener, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 75 of the Locked and Loaded Latinos podcast. I am Rolo the Puerto Rican Pistolero, and as always, I am joined by my lovely, beautiful wife and co-host, Johanna Latina Locked and Loaded. How are you doing this evening, my love?
1: Excellent. Happy Sunday, everybody.
0: Yes, thank you very much. Uh, This is 75 episodes. It's pretty crazy. I didn't, uh, I never thought that we would be here a few years ago, uh, starting a podcast and uh, having almost 100 episodes. I think that's pretty Awesome. So really, I want to thank all of you out there first and foremost for watching us every week when we put on this show and for basically trusting us with your time and enjoying uh, enjoying what we have to serve here. So I appreciate all of you and thank you very much for sticking around with us for 75 episodes. And here's hoping that we can get to like 7,500 one day. Oh my God. <laughs> so I'll be super optimistic. So uh, some good news on the on the horizon. As many of you have requested for a long time, you wanted me to run for president. Now I constitutionally can run for president. I'm officially 35 years old as of this weekend. So uh, I don't plan on running for president. By the way, uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. So
1: President de la Vega, yeah. Yeah.
0: So uh, that's
1: a nice ring to it. Uh, it
0: does kind of sound pretty good, but I'm not willing to throw my hat into that. But uh, I can constitutionally make America spicy again. Make America spicy again. <laughs> I'll be there going on rants. I gotta do. I gotta do the hands. You know, if if you don't have the hands right, then it doesn't work. You gotta do the accordion. Yeah. So it's a really big, beautiful thing. It's gonna be huge. It's it's huge, huge. huge. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Clayton, in the chat for uh, for the happy birthday wish. But yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there because it just happened to throw uh, to coincide with this weekend, and I did buy myself some gun related gifts. So. you for can't. A long time. Wait, I was I, say, I, can can touch, show. I can touch this, but I can't touch that. So, for those of you that know, I actually, well, I can show uh, this uh, standby camera. Yeah, there you go. So, you can see we've got the Strebog oh, there. Man, you're
1: playing with fire, dude.
0: Yeah, we've got the Strebog and the CZ75 because we're still great. Yeah, you can show stuff. So, as long as you don't touch it. Yeah, exactly. So, I finally got the curved Strebog magazines. So, uh, for those of you that don't know, the Streebog is a PCC made in Slovakia. It's uh, pretty awesome, pretty affordable. You can usually find it for around seven or eight hundred. Not 800
1: according bucks. to Hank. He said he told me it was very bougie the last <laughs> time he saw, he saw that guy. Yeah,
0: so it's it's usually a pretty good price. It's high uh, high quality uh, PCC. But one of the issues that it had was for some reason Strebog, you know, even though they've seen designs for the past, I don't know, maybe eighty years of SMGs and and the like with nine millimeter, they put straight. Uh, stick magazines now they finally put some curved ones so I picked up about four of them they're about 20 25 bucks uh, depending on when you find them on sale uh, so I got these got four of them and I can't wait to take it out to the range just got them about two days ago so pretty excited about that I love the streetbog I personally have never had any problems with the magazine the original magazines but I know that a lot of people did honestly I haven't did shot the have, street bog enough
1: did they to, have problems with that version of the Streebog because I know that there's a different version.
0: Well, there are a couple. So this one, I was lucky because they were making a transition. For those of you that don't know, the Streebog originally came out. It's a blowback. The original one is a blowback, uh, you know, PCC. The newer one is a roller-delayed system, kind of like an MP5. So when they were making the transition between the SPA1 and the SPA3, which is the roller-delayed blowback, They were retooling their factory and they basically started intermixing parts that were interchangeable between them. That led to some issues because you ended up with some kind of hybrid Sreebogs out there that didn't have, uh, they had certain parts missing. You know, it was really, there's a a piece of metal, a kind of a rail that the bolt runs on and on some of the newer bogs, it only has one rail instead of two and that can cause issues with rounds falling back into the trigger control group, which is a pretty big problem. I'm lucky I didn't have that one. I kind of have, I guess what I would almost call the SPA-2, even though it was never officially called that. It's the uh, non-reciprocating charging handle version. So it's got the SPA-1 parts, the original bolts, but it doesn't have a reciprocating charging handle like the first three bugs that came out. So pretty cool. I love the gun. I think Joe looks really good when she holds it, when she shoots it.
1: True I, story. I, I Okay, so... I made him. Uh, we were watching a, uh, um, a James Reed video, and I don't know why. Gun shorts. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I was like, go get. I don't know. I like the the gloves that he was wearing, so he was like, I have those gloves, and I'm like, you don't, because those are awesome. And then he went and got him and put them on. He picked up his Sturmbag, and I was just like, fangirl. <laughs> I'm like, what, what, what is it about oh the God. the curved magazine that just makes everything look so? Much it just better?
0: looks so much better. It goes from looking kind of like a weird. PCC and it's like oh Slovakian yeah of course I can totally tell, <laughs> even though look I have the we got the two halves here so the two the two firearms that we've got here the CZ seventy five in celebration of the seventy fifth episode of the Locked and Loaded Latinos podcast we've got her CZ seventy five spo one there and. The Střebog, so we have Czech Republic and Slovakia, and together they bring back Czechoslovakia. There you go. So there you go. And we've got We're the making, synergy there. Making
1: uh, Eastern Europe pole again. Yes,
0: exactly. So that's a, that's the fun thing. So that's a gift I gave myself, and then I got some other tech stuff. Um, so uh, that will hopefully help a little bit on the show and on the road and things like that, but you know how it is. I just like to have cool stuff. On the road? <laughs> yeah, portable monitor. We can have two monitors with a laptop now if we want.
1: Oh well, is it official? Uh, is it is it is it YouTube official that we can talk about what we're what we're doing on the road? In, yeah, in of May? course.
0: Yeah, of course, we can talk about that. So as you guys can see, Mike White earlier in the chat, uh, I did have Shot Show returns, but that isn't because we're going to Shot Show. It's because it's hey, happening. we're talking. Hey, a Shot Show's back. Everybody's going there this week. We're not because originally our work schedules. I've got it a major project fault, this too. week.
1: I had I had a business uh, trip that I was going out on Monday and it got canceled last minute, like literally yesterday. So no, I'm not doing anything, but so we, I could have, you still have, you still have your trip. Yeah. So we still couldn't have gone. But Yeah.
0: I, I, I mean, yeah, uh, we could have uh, arranged it, but we kind of didn't want to. And honestly, with all the restrictions that we were looking at originally, I didn't really want to go. Uh, I think now I would more want to go just to see everybody else and not necessarily run around on the show floor and, and do things like that. I don't think that there are really too many new guns that I would be excited about.
1: Wait, 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 wait. wait. We, we talked about something. We said we could have been shooting that. The, uh, it was the one, uh, the, yes. the Springfield that. The, yes, uh, the one uh, gun he, that. He yes, That's the one so that we were watching. And I'm like. I know. The
0: gun that I want to shoot and a gun that I would never own just because it's a Springfield. I'd have to wait for it to reach the secondary market. That's what I said. I
1: said the loophole is if you don't want Springfield to have your money, wait till someone decides they don't want it. And by it's secondhand. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of a loophole. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I don't know. Um,
0: now, I will say this. Part of why I would want the, the Hellion, or I know some people are annoyed that Springfield uses names, their guns, like the Saint and all that stuff. So the VHS-2, if you want to go by the official Croatian military designation. The reason I love it is because to me, it looks almost exactly like the battle rifle from Halo, specifically the battle rifle from Halo 4. Uh, so I'll bring that up on the screen so you guys can check it out. So this is the Springfield Hellion. It's a 5.56 bullpup. It uses STANAG, so AR-15 magazines. Pretty cool. It looks uh, basically like a more badass FAMAS. If you guys are familiar with that, that's the French uh, French assault rifle. Uh, you're able to switch the ejection port uh, from left to right-handed, uh, depending on what your preference is. I kind of like downward ejecting Bullpup, so you don't have to worry about that, but I get it that that kind of changes the mechanism and for dealing with failure, defeats, and things like that, it can be a little bit tough. Actually, I like that photo. So, the Halo assault rifle or battle rifle, I should say, looks like this. So, I, I think they look pretty close. They the only thing is close. that the magazine is like integrated into the buttstock here because I, I think mean, you this can is a carry video things, game gun, yeah. so but uh, it's pretty dang close. That is pretty darn, close, yeah. yeah. So Another cool gun that looks like a video game gun, so pretty awesome. At least I thought so. Yeah. So well, b- besides that, there isn't really too much going on. SHOT Show no. is going to have the new format this year.
1: There's a... It's going to... I can't wait to hear, like, our friends... A lot of our friends are going. Katie's going. Um, mm-hmm. It always sounds like I'm saying Katie.
2: K- KD. Kevin
1: Dixie. Mm-hmm. KD is going. Um... Tony was actually just in Miami for a brief layover as he uh, made his way to Vegas. So uh, he should be there by now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure a whole bunch. Of, I saw Clover Tax going, yep. Ghost Tacticals going, a whole bunch of people. Um, I can't wait to hear what their take is on it because a lot peop- a lot of people and a lot of, s- of companies are not going to be there. Yeah, um, A lot of companies still paid Or donated to the NSSF um, to keep their spot, and then, but they're actually not going. So there's going to be a lot of open floor space, which is good for the like medium-sized companies. They're going to get a lot more attention, and it's also going to be a lot less crowded. Um, But they also this year in conjunction, like it just so happened to be the year that they also opened up. Like they, I guess they built out. Like it used to be just be in one convention center. And now they have a sky bridge and it links two convention centers. So they have literally like twice the floor space yep. and then half the people. <laughs> so it's going to be really interesting if it's going to be, um, it's going to feel empty at all. So uh, I'm actually hoping to talk to Tony <laughs> at yeah. some point this week because I'm dying to hear. Like, T- Tony,
0: or going. if anybody's watching and you yeah. want to call into the show, we, we do have that capability, so... Uh, Clover, Ghost, uh, Tony. If you guys are g webs if you're watching, or driving, and you're able to speak, you can jump on at any moment. But I know that I, everybody's traveling. I travel very ha- much doubt they're, they're probably all hanging right out. Now, well, I know yeah, they're probably they're all hanging out. They're very busy yeah.
1: being at Shot Show yeah. and uh, seeing each other in person, which is actually my favorite part of Shot Show. Mm-hmm. Was seeing everybody in person and absolutely to spend time with people. Yeah,
0: and I still think you know the in person is still the best way to do things. I know. So I
1: think we're definitely going to go next year. Oh yeah, for I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was just, uh, this is my, technically I'm still within my first year of um, my job. And I, I mean, I've already taken vacation, but I, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't feel, uh, I felt like it, we just needed to take a, mm-hmm. a little bit of a break from shop. Yeah,
0: but we will be going to uh, Kevin Dixie's Train and Learn again in May. And we will be taking the podcast on the road. So we're going to be driving this year and doing a, uh, a cross-country trip. And uh, it's actually going to be a pretty long trip. It's, I think it's going to be 16 hours driving at least. Yeah. So it should be pretty intense. It'll be a lot of fun. We're going to take all the show equipment with us there, and we are going to be doing the show.
1: We need to start thinking of logistics on for that trip. I,
0: I, I have thought about it a bit. I think we're going to need, like, a third small Pelican case for electronics, but one mm-hmm. of the fatter tall ones, not mm-hmm. not a, a flat one. So, And I've kind of seen people set up their podcasting equipment that way. i got to so.
1: get a new holster. Oh, Yeah.
0: Yeah, because we're going to be taking the uh, SIG P365s. I kind of want to take the Streebog, too. Go for it. Yeah, and use that. Uh, in, you, you can use ARs, AKs, or anything for rifle courses, but I kind of want to use a PCC. I think and that would be cool. I
1: may be in the market for an AR pistol.
0: You're um, not may. You are in the market. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess I am in the market for an AR pistol. Absolutely. And with the intention of that being... um that's the reason I'm gonna be going to this training, and I would like to train with something that I feel would probably be more apropos to my size and comfort level.
0: Uh, Mike White asked if we're going to visit California. Uh, train and Learn is in Missouri, so no. And and I hate to say this because I, I don't want to sound I'll probably mean. be in California. Yeah, Joe point. Joe will be in California at some point, but I believe it wasn't it the other day that I exclaimed to Joe. There's California. nothing that would make me ever go to California.
1: I love California. <laughs> it's one of my I'm like. It's I love the the, I love the Pacific Northwest. I love California. I love the entire Pacific Coast. It's beautiful. I think um I think I've exclaimed my my passion for national parks and the beauty of the U.S. and mm-hmm. I just I have a yeah I have
0: a thing for it. F. Stop Harlot in the chat says he just got into guns into, uh, or uh, they just said I'm sorry I can I I. I presumed your gender <laughs> f-stop harlot says i just got in the guns in late 2019 i have a lot of learning to do maybe one day i'll make it to shot show uh, i think it's awesome shot shows kind of an industry event so it's it's not for general public we made it though but we we did yeah we we did get in uh, we got invited by our good friend argo j and i think it's definitely an awesome experience uh i could see how some people probably get tired of it if they go every year and it's kind of it's a huge event. So if you don't like being in crowds or you're not like, if you're a little bit of an introvert, it can be a little bit crazy. Mm -hmm. And obviously Vegas is its own thing. You know, Vegas is not everyone's cup of tea.
1: I am not a fan of Vegas. I I am never, ever, ever been, I've been there multiple times and every single time I always have excuses. Like maybe I'm just tired because it's always like attached to another trip. Mm -hmm. Like I did two weeks of national parks and camping and hiking. And ended it with Vegas the first time I went to Vegas. And I was, like, at the Bellagio and just being like, I don't want to be here. Um, it's just not my cup of tea. But
0: Oh, uh, Ting Ting says that she'll take you to eat hot pot if you end up near Tulsa. You're going to Oklahoma at some point, aren't you?
1: I'm actually going to be in Oklahoma, like, coming up.
0: Yeah. So... We usually don't talk about Joe's destinations until after she gets back, but Oklahoma is somewhere that she will be going to in the future. I know that, so.
1: I'm going to be spending a week in Oklahoma. a <laughs> whole, so. whole week. It's, usually I have a little bit of a shorter trip, like three days, four days. That's a big one, so I'm going to be there for quite some mm-hmm. time. A whole week.
0: But uh, as far as F-Stop, yeah, you you know, you have to start somewhere. I think SHOT Show is great. It's a, it's a fun event, especially if you're – if you're not in the industry and you kind of go in as like media or somebody like us, where we we were invited and we helped out, it's it's a really awesome event. It can be a little bit overwhelming. You really want to plan things out, especially if you get to go to Range Day.
1: Oh, that was the best part.
0: Yeah, Range Day is the best, but you really have to plan because there are so many guns that we shot, but there's so many others that we didn't. So you really have to. It was overwhelming. Yeah, you really have to decide. I want to go to this manufacturer's booth and I want to shoot these. So I think the best bet is to shoot the guns that you want to to first and then go, you know, go sightseeing and check everything out. So it should be pretty awesome. And, yeah, I mean, look, uh, we love new people in the community. Joe and I are actually, we didn't get into Second Amendment advocacy until two and a half years ago. And I really have only been a gun owner for 14 years since I turned 21. And Joe really, when she started going out with me, is when she first bought her first pistol. So, so about like ten years, ten or eleven years now.
1: Yeah. Well, how eleven? We haven't been together for eleven years.
0: Uh, yeah. We this year will be eleven years. Yeah,
1: but not yet. Yes. So like so, nine, probably yeah. closer to nine. Yeah.
0: Nine, nine or ten years that you've owned a gun. So. Yeah. So that's about. Uh, yeah, that's. That's cool.
1: Yeah. So in the chat, uh, I got a recommendation. Hold on a second. For who was it? Da, 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 da. Night Train, thank you so much for the recommendation. The IWI Zion 15 pistol. I will definitely take a look at that. Oh, yeah. I like
0: IWI. Uh, yeah, IWI makes good guns. So that's their AR 15 uh, that they make. Yes. So it's probably, that you can bet that's a good quality weapon. Mm-hmm. But we do also want to check out our local boys here at Tactical yes! Life.
1: Yes, we're going to, um, mm-hmm. we're going to, we've been meaning to. I know they're super busy because they were like building out their their facilities too. Mm-hmm. But we got to, um, it's just because, I'm, I'm sure everyone's busy, but, you know, I, I complain that I'm just never around, and then when I am around, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, I got to be better about that. I, I have a lot of things this year that I want to, um.
0: Hey. for the chat. Uh, Tony just landed in Vegas.
1: Tony, and I just saw, also, Armament and Accents. Hel- yes. Accents? <laughs>
0: armament and Accents. <laughs> Your English is not very good looking. Her, her first language is not English, everybody. Oh, my everybody. God.
1: Hello. <laughs> All the friends are stopping in. Um Hello to both of you.
0: Glad you made it safely to Vegas, Tony.
1: Tony, I definitely want to hear about how Vegas is. So I'll be giving you a call this week because I am dying of curiosity.
0: Well, and uh actually, well, we can try. Well, we'll see how our schedule is this week. Joe and I have been talking very much. We know we've been saying this for a long time about adding at least a second show every week. So that's definitely something we want to do. We've been trying to figure out the best way to do it since Joe travels during the week all the time. So we probably will do it on Wednesdays and it just may end up being that Joe's on the road and she calls in or she remotes in and we go on StreamYard and we do it that way. Gotta find a way. But uh, I think that we'll probably start doing it on Wednesdays. It'll probably be Wednesdays uh, just because that's in the middle of the week. It's a little bit easier. And it gives us time between both episodes, so that it's not both of them aren't like loaded too far. Yeah.
1: Don't quote us yet. Mm-hmm. Wait, are we going to try it this Wednesday?
0: We can try. I have a huge project that's oh, like two and a half, yeah. yeah, like two hours north from here. So I'm going to be commuting. Okay, so
1: not this Wednesday. Each
0: day. So, uh, but we'll see. If I happen to get home, I, I'm willing to do it. But we'll check it out.
1: So I just want to say, like everyone that is our uh, well, not everyone, but a lot of our regulars are from California. So yeah, I know. I just saw that. Um, F-Stop Harlot is from California as well. You are amongst friends, a lot of Californians in the chat, a lot of the regulars in the chat, um, so welcome.
0: Awesome. That's good to see. I'm glad that, uh, that to see all happy. of you uh, behind enemy lines and you know sticking together. Hopefully, you guys can meet up at some point. That would be awesome.
1: Yeah, for sure. That'd be really cool. Mm-hmm.
0: That would be awesome. Uh, and maybe one day we can do a, a meetup somewhere. <laughs> Who knows if we get to that point. Probably, probably in Florida we've for been sure.
1: Meeting, like, there's actually a bunch of people in Florida. Like, um, uh, Flying Rich is in Florida. Yep. And this is how bad we are. Like, there's actually like a meetup, a car meetup that we've been meeting to go to that he goes to in South Florida because he's in Palm Beach, I think. Mm-hmm. So we need, yeah, we like need to like be better. Obviously, about Hank them.
0: is in North Florida. Yeah. North mm-hmm. Central Florida. So yeah, there's a lot of people here we have to hang out with,
1: mm-hmm.
0: for sure. So that was kind of our uh,
1: is shooting gallery. No, shooting gallery is not in. in well, he's in New England shooting gallery. Oh my god! I, I don't know what's <laughs> wrong
0: with me today. Oh, that's funny. So, so that's our our little shot show discussion. Uh, we will definitely go next year. We're looking forward to seeing the format. Hopefully, we'll get to speak with Tony and everybody this week. I'm sure that G Webbs is going to be doing a lot of filming mm-hmm. from Shot Show, like he usually does, and maybe some of those guys are going to be doing live streams from their, um, Fun their fact. homes.
1: Like, we were actually, like, talking to gun websites, like, that was even before the podcast. Yep. When he was like, oh, let's see if we can, like, meet in person. Yeah, I remember at, that. Uh, at Shots to last year. And we were totally like, who's
0: Gwebs?" Things. They're like, everybody was like, G-Web- gun websites wants to meet with you. And we're like, who's G-Webs? And they're like, you want to know G-Webs? He's good people.
1: I'm so sad <laughs> that we were, like, two shifts in the night. We actually never met. Mm-hmm. Um, cause there was just so much going on. So I'm like so excited to actually meet him in person. Yeah.
0: That'll be awesome. Year. Looking forward to that for okay. sure. But like I said, this year we'll be going to train and learn. We'll be broadcasting from there. Hopefully, uh, we'll be doing some streaming on the way there too, at least on IG. Uh, it'd be cool if we could break a thousand before May, but that'll be tough. Yeah. And then we can, uh, live stream from the road.
1: Uh, I think we need mobile. to, we, we, we are aware we have to be more, uh, put in more work. Yep. Absolutely. But at the same time, we've, I've, like heard lots of stories like um i l- it's no surprise that we like other podcasters and not necessarily all two way stuff but definitely more is it correct if i say based
0: uh or, yeah i guess you'd say that
1: yeah so um one of my recent new podcasts that i've been really into is uh neurotic um if you're into pop culture not pop culture, like comic book culture, comic yeah. book culture. Yeah, he owns uh, he's he's an owner of a comic book shop in California, actually. And he's actually moving to Texas this month. Um, and he's moving his comic shops. But if anyone's in San Diego, I know a lot of Californians in the chat. Um, check out Nerdrotic, his channel, and maybe check out his comic shop before it leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, this month, so he's pretty cool. Yeah, he is. but an anyway, awesome guy. so I. I was watching, he had his eighth year anniversary episode and he was discussing how it took him four years to break a thousand. And so I'm like, you know,
0: he's got like 400,000 now. He's got
1: 400,000 now. <laughs> so good for him. And so I'm he like, went from a
0: thousand to 400,000 in four years. Yeah, That's so, crazy.
1: Yeah. So we'll see. Maybe one day. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. Um, we're just happy to keep doing what we do.
0: Absolutely. So, oh, uh, now to switch uh, to switch gears a little bit, we've got our serious topics of the evening. We've got a few different things to talk about. Yep, we were we're going to talk about obviously the results of the Supreme Court decisions uh, this week with the mandates. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Joe's terrible week. Joe, uh, uh, Joe, our really? Joe. No, Joe's terror. Joe Biden's terrible oh, okay. week. Okay, I was going
1: to say had- I've had a great week. I don't know what you're
0: talking about. <laughs> Joe had a. Uh, Joe, uh, had Joe Biden. Joe had a post on IG discussing President Joe, and so we'll discuss the article that she was referring to in that post. And as we are always want to do, yes, that is a word, uh, and it's used correctly there. As we are want to do, we are going to be talking uh, for our pop cultural segment. We're going to talk about G4 TV's return to the spotlight and, uh, its, and its epic failure. And its <laughs> epic failure. <laughs> yeah.
1: Poor, poor things.
0: So G4TV was a big uh, nerd geek uh, kind of video game network that came out in the 2000s and lasted until 2013. It was a big part of especially millennials growing up. It was a kind of the of, first. A
1: lot of uh, mainstream people who may not have been gamers may know G4 as the origins of Olivia Munn. Yeah, she was originally a host for G4. Mm-hmm.
0: So we're going to talk a little bit about their their return and how it blew up in their face. Because they've decided to go down the trend of identity politics, yeah, did
2: uh, not go well. As
0: most are willing, as most are unfortunately all too willing to do in this day and age. So we'll discuss that, but first we'll talk about this uh, this poll that we saw, and <laughs> it was pretty disconcerting, to be honest. Uh, uh, Joe, do you have it up here?
1: I I do. Doo, 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 doo.
0: So this uh, this art this was a poll that came out recently from Rasmussen.
1: Rasmussen. Rasmussen.
0: And it says COVID-19.
1: Which, by the way, Rasmussen is actually very, what's the word for it? Reputable. Reputable for its polls. So, Rasmussen reports very reputable. COVID-19. Democratic voters support harsher measures or harsh measures against unvaccinated. Um, This is actually quite scary. Um, So, this poll basically says that 48% of Dems or people who identify as Democrats are opposed to to Biden's vaccine mandate. Um, Wait, I totally read that wrong. (laughs) 40% of voters favor President Joe Biden's plan to impose a (coughs) COVID-19 vaccine mandate on the employees of large companies and government agencies. That includes 33% who strongly favor the mandate. 48% are opposed to the mandate, including 4% who strongly oppose the mandate. Uh, 45% view Fauci favorable, blah, 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 blah. I think the big one, the big part of of this article was the fact that they actually want a stricter, stricter measures, stricter mandates than what is already here. Mm -hmm. That's the part that's actually... um,
0: well, it's it's kind of what interesting. we interesting. It's kind of what I've been saying. Look, well,
1: here, including punitive measures against those who haven't gotten the COVID nineteen ma- uh, vaccine, and you can actually see this if you go down the Twitter sphere. Um, you actually see people applauding and like real life people applauding what Europe is doing, uh, what Australia is doing, which a lot of these countries are now uh, putting in laws. Where in fines against the unvaccinated, I, th- I can't remember which country was it, Australia, or I forgot which country in, in, in Europe had a $4,000 fine. Might um, have been Austria. I think, uh, yeah, yeah, it might have been Austria. It was just like obscene amounts of money uh, for just being unvaccinated. And if you can't pay, a lot of these countries will be uh, serving jail time for. They not can garnish good. your
0: wages and do things yeah. like that. So, so this,
1: doesn't this just seem like very, like, you know, like back in the day when people had to go to debtor's prison and all that? Oh, I yeah, that's a, that's like a great, yeah,
0: that's a great example.
1: It feels like that. Um, mm-hmm. That's quite scary.
0: Well, you know, uh, this is kind of where I went, and, you know, I apologize that sometimes I can be pretty cynical. I try not to get blackpilled. Uh, I think I've become a little bit more optimistic, surprisingly, over the last few months, and I think it's just seeing people finally hit their wall and start waking up. But unfortunately, this poll is very telling. It shows that this is kind of a discussion that I had with Mike White in the comments, in the comments section uh, a couple of weeks ago about where I think certain parts of America are lost because you have a vast majority or a, a large percentage of people that believe this, that believe it's totally okay, especially now two years in that we've seen a lot of the lies, the exaggerations, the misinformation that the government has given, the excuses that they've that they've made to try to take total control, we've seen other Western countries. and How far they've gone off the deep end, especially Australia, which uh, honestly, of all the Commonwealth nations, Australia was really the only one that I was interested in visiting. Now I'll never go there. Uh, and, uh, Novak Djokovic just got deported from there
1: By the way, for not being vaccinated. The, I found the part in the article that actually talks about. The, oh,
0: go for it. Uh, let's so see where it's at. So here's
1: the the punitive. Uh, measures so it's towards the bottom 58 percent of voters would oppose a proposal for uh so this was the opposition to fine americans however 55 percent of democrat voters would support a proposal um to fine americans who choose not to get the COVID 19 vaccine so about a little over half of democrats according to this poll want you to get fined if you do not get the mandate that's (laughs) crazy
0: that is absolutely insane in my opinion
1: Strangely enough, uh, there is people on the other party that support that too. Yeah. Just 19%. Well,
0: of course, that's why, uh, but that's also why you can't trust Republicans entirely and you really have to hold them accountable.
1: Look at this one. 59% of uh, Democratic voters would favor a policy that requires citizens to remain confined to their homes at (sighs) all times. Wow. Except for emergencies if they refuse to get the vax. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you don't choose to get the vax, you're not le- allowed to leave your house. 59%. So 60% of Dems, according to this poll, want you to stay confined, house arrest, if you do not get jabbed. What the crap?
0: That is... This
1: country's gone... Like I mean, it's not just this country. It's the world has gone... Bananas.
0: Well, we, look, it, it's funny because...
1: Well, actually,
0: We export wokeism, and I think wokeism is the worst thing that's come out of America in a long time, especially at least in, in my lifetime, probably. Obviously, there's a lot of bad things that have happened in history, uh, but at least in our time, you know, in the post-9-11 era, we've never seen anything like we've seen now. And honestly, it did kind of start with the Patriot Act uh, and things like that that led us to this complacency where now we're okay with a police state.
1: Yeah. Oh, look at this one. Uh, nearly half, so 48% of Democrat voters think the federal and state governments should be able to find, we said that already, mm-hmm. or imprison individuals <laughs> who publicly question the efficacy of the existing vaccines. Wow. So half of Democratic voters think that you should go to jail if you question publicly the efficacy. How, like that's literally like, Hello, this is America. We have the First Amendment. Exactly. You are allowed to question crap. Thanks to the First Amendment, half of Democratic voters, again, uh, according to this poll, would like to take that away from you and imprison you.
0: <laughs> That's just crazy.
1: And go to a police state. like. And, and
0: this is where I've said kind of the difference. I don't
1: think we're going to ever be able to get back to a place of unity in this country. It's
0: going to be tough because this is where I've said the difference between the freedom-loving, more libertarian, conservative side, even though, I look, I don't trust the rhinos very much. I think the Republicans contributed a lot to get us to this mess, A, by giving the government more power after September 11th and events like that where we're like, well, you know, of course we can, come on, we're just going to spy on terrorists. We're not going to use that against the American people. Even if that wasn't the original intention, and even if there were politicians that proposed that, that, were, that had the best, the... Uh, the best things in mind with that, you can never give government power because you can never guarantee that, one, your your politicians that may be righteous or good are going to stay in power, uh, or B, that the other side is not just going to use that as an excuse to then pass more laws that are also authoritarian.
1: So the thing that's crazy to me is that we're actually seeing all these policies that they that they're want, that what they're asking for in this poll. By the way, there's also 45% of Dems who would like... Uh, that would favor the government requiring citizens to live in designated facilities, concentration camps, maybe, uh, if if they refuse to get the vaccine, which is what is happening in Australia. And we see these people, videos coming out of people, like having their entire lives and their rights taken away from them. And America, the land of the free, is looking at that and going, I want that. Yeah. Where have we, like, where have we gone wrong? Well, like, I
0: mean, it's, it's, it, it's, it goes back to the.
1: And the rest of, like, there is protests everywhere in Europe, mm-hmm. all over. Massive protests, which main, uh, mainstream media is not showing you on TV. I've We've, we've been watching the videos on uh, Luke Rakowski's channel. And the rest of the world is protesting and wanting freedom. From what the the, the mandates and, and the 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 imprisonment and and the the not being able to what 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 country was that the one that was in the bar, um, where they were uh, not wearing mask and they were the police that was, was there. Australia that was yeah, Australia that,
0: video that we saw. Uh, well, look, it comes down to this quote, Joe, right here:
1: Ben Franklin's famous Liberty Safety quote.
0: Benjamin Franklin once said, "Those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety." And that's uh, just becoming more, more prescient and appropriate every year. That quote.
1: Armed Atlas in the uh, chat said, "Should we send printers to Australia?" My question is, yeah. well, do they even want them themselves? I don't know.
0: That, like- that's the problem. I, f- I feel like in Australia, it's gotten to the point where, and we are seeing more and pro- more and more protests. Part of the problem is that. The media in Australia doesn't want to cover the resistance on purpose because they don't want them to look bad. And we also see what's happened now. I think Novak Djokovic, if you guys don't know, he's one of the top, I think he is the top tennis player in the world right now. So he was going to the Australian Open. He's famously not jabbed. He's been opposed to it. He went to Australia. Supposedly, the Australian Open organization, his agents and everybody made the arrangements with the Australian government because you're supposed to be jabbed going there that he was going to go, he's not jabbed, they were open about it. Australians basically set him up, made an example of him, the Australian government, I should say. And then the problem is that even though it's stupid, he proved I'm negative, I can go here, blah, 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 that should be sufficient enough. The issue is that so many people in Australia are now so, they've been so conditioned to live in this world, in this authoritarian world that they're stuck in, that they were actually angry that Novak Djokovic, that the government was going to potentially allow him to play, even though he was unjabbed. So that became the problem. The Australian government has conditioned its people so, uh, so thoroughly at this point that many of them now are enraged that people don't have the vaccine. They can go into their country. They're like, this isn't fair. And it's, it's so stupid because instead of getting angry at individuals that are trying to go and defy the laws, they should be angry at the government for imposing this upon them. And the Australian government has done something extremely dangerous because their 0 their zero coof policy was, first of all, impossible, and, in my opinion, immoral. Because at this point, you have now isolated a country with millions of people from a virus that the rest of the world has gone through and now has gained herd immunity. And you have taken away that from the Australian people. So now, even if they get hit with the Omerian variant, I'm using that on purpose instead of Omicron. It's an inside joke. They It may be even more harmful to them at this point because they don't have that built into their population. And we know that at this point, the Omerian variant is, the, the jabs aren't as effective against this variant. So Australia, the Australian government has really let its people down. I'm sure a lot of Australians feel good because they don't have the numbers that the U.S. has, but now we know too from our CDC director that the numbers in the U.S. aren't accurate either. So at the end of the day, we are going to find out, you know, the truth, which many of us already know, and a lot of other people are going to wake up. Australia, I think, is damaged. I think they're done for a generation, what they've done there. They've conditioned the people to accept authoritarianism. There is not enough resistance there. Too many people there, it's, it's the... It's the classic consequence of everybody's just way too damn nice sometimes. And that's what I think happened in Australia. Australians were too trusting of their government. They allowed themselves to become complacent, and now they're screwed. They've given up a lot of their gun rights. Now, Australians have not given up as many guns as people think, despite their gun control. A lot of people did not turn in their guns. But it hasn't done them any good because Australia does not have the spirit of freedom that the United States has the United States is still unique in this despite our history, despite the fact that we haven't always lived up to our own standards of our own constitution, the Constitution still exists and we do have a tradition and at least uh, stories of freedom that we can look back on and t- and examples that we can look at people that have fought for their freedom
1: i would I would find it interesting to look at I don't know the history of Australia at all um, but I know it was used to be part of the the u k. Or England. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm going to have to look this up. Like, if they were just granted their independence as a country, like, I mean, to me, it sounds like they did have to break off. So, it's surprising that they don't have any uh, of that streak of of rebellion and and desire for freedom when they used to be. A penal colony. A (laughs) penal colony. Like, that just, like, that makes no sense. It's like, you guys historically were all descended from criminals that were sent out from the UK, uh, from England, the mainland of, of England, or the main, can I call that well, the empire? Well, the empire. It would be the empire Whatever. at that point, yeah. And you somehow don't have that ingrain, I guess that doesn't go down through the generations, that burning desire to be free. Mm-hmm. I guess it doesn't.
0: So uh, Armed Atlas Aaron in the chat brings up, can we talk about how some on the right are angry at the idea of testing? Uh, I, can t- I can give kind of my own opinion about why that would be. We know for a fact, and Joe, Joe can kind of back this up, that the tests one are extremely inaccurate. It's, like a, f- it's like a it's like a forty percent failure rate. I had rate.
1: to test twice, a uh, PCR before I tested positive. Yeah.
0: So, and we also know that it's gotten to the point now where the infection rate and the amount of deaths and hospitalizations have completely changed. So before, when the alpha variant or whatever you want to call it, when the original coof. First came to be, obviously, it was much more harmful. There was no natural immunity. It was a novel disease, probably created in a laboratory. So, you know, we, we had a lot of issues with that. Now, as we've gone on, we know that this current variant is not very lethal. In some cases, we even read an article from the Daily Mail that said it could be weaker than the flu in many cases. So looking at that, we have to know the numbers have been pumped. Uh, Walensky of the CDC, the CDC director admitted as much. She said they're going back to look through the books and make a distinction between people that died from the coof and people that died with the coof Because we know that there are many stories where people died in car accidents uh-huh. and they were counted as if they were positive for the coof, then they were cons- considered a coof death, which is absolute BS.
1: I know people who were in the hospital for a routine like surgery or not a routine surgery, but like something that happened, mm-hmm. like they had a complication from a surgery and then they were in the hospital for that. And then they happened to get the, yeah, the the vid, and then that actually ended up being their primary diagnosis when they looked at their medical yep. records. They're like, "What? <laughs> like that? Yep. That's not what I went in the hospital for, but that's what your primary diagnosis was." Now, um, so that's a very interesting. Yep. And let's not forget that uh, what what is her name? Walensky. Uh, yes, Walensky, the the director of the CDC, also admitted on that same uh, news, whatever you want to call that story that the 75% of the cases had four or more comorbidities. Mm-hmm. So yep. they were already s- very sick to begin with. So 75% of the cases that were hospitalized had four or more comorbidities. So mm-hmm. they weren't just your average person. They were sick people who got sick. Yeah. And I know a lot of people don't realize this, but the flu was talked about like this f- a long, like for years. like. Yep. Previously, in my previous life, I worked, I was in the medical field, and I remember I was the person who had to talk to the Pfizer rep every year at uh, my, my previous job, and I remember going like, oh, gosh, she's here, <laughs> and have to sit there and listen to her hour-long statistics uh, <laughs> speech that she would give me about, you know, 60,000. I remember it was actually like they had this ridiculous poster, which, by the way, tackless, of a tombstone that she wanted me to hang on the wall in, in an office with so patients could see it a tombstone mm-hmm. with the words 60,000 annual deaths from the flu.
0: Yeah.
1: And the reason I was like how so? Like I was like how do you get these numbers and it's like because people with heart conditions, diabetes, mm-hmm. other comorbidities have a higher risk of not surviving the flu. So that's how you get those statistics of saying the flu killed 60,000 people. It's like, well, they weren't healthy people. Like if I got the flu, I didn't die. I got the flu before. Um, but if you were a very sick person and you got the flu or an elderly person and you got the flu, well, yeah, you could. There's a higher chance of you getting um, complications or dying. Yep. Same exact thing. I mean, that uh, I think a lot of people just didn't realize that that's – Things that like happen, like people never really stopped and thought about the flu as something dangerous,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, um, but it always was. That's why we pushed vaccines yep. in the medical field for the people who needed it.
0: Yep. So, okay, let's see in the chat here. <laughs> ting, ting. <Zach>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, Zach says he tested positive Friday. He's got mild colds that were worse than that. That was my personal experience with it. Obviously, we know everybody's different. Tim Pool is my age, too. It was pretty bad for him. And we know other people that are a little bit older or younger that have had serious cases. I was lucky it wouldn't even rank in the top five of the colds that I've had. But I did get a fever and it was legit. I lost my sense of taste uh, temporarily. So, you know, I'm certain that it was that. So, uh, to go b- kind of back to Armed Atlas's question about the testing. So, knowing all of that that we've discussed, people are skeptical of testing at this point because now the numbers of lethality and, 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 things like that those statistics have now basically cratered so we know that they're using test results as a fear as a fear-mongering tactic so i believe the other day i saw a headline one million people with the u.s diagnosed positive for covid and it's like well how many people passed away and in comparison to the past it's a much lower number
1: but i have seen medical professionals i i don't have the article but Mm -hmm. right around the time that um Umarian variant was getting all this hype, and, and remember we made an we talked about it. I, th- I can't remember if it was at mid December, um, or towards the end of December when it was like all over the news. You couldn't step into the internet, you couldn't like go anywhere in the internet without it being like, "Oh my god, mm-hmm. it's coming! It's gonna be terrible." Um, but about a week or two after that, once start like the case numbers started going up, and we started seeing what we were gonna like the reality of this variant. A lot of articles came forward of um, medical professionals, university uh, professors, medical school professors, whatever, <coughs> saying that, um, sorry about that. We should no longer use uh, positives as a metric for how we're doing, uh, but we should be using the number of hospitalizations. <coughs> S- swear it's not the, it's not the bit. <coughs> <laughs> Choked, <coughs> so we should be using the number of hospitalizations <coughs> as a more accurate metric for the severity of this variant. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that, I think it's a very um, solid and scientific,
0: but it doesn't idea. fit their narrative, f-
1: it doesn't. But I'm, I'm surprised that this is now what we're starting to see in media, uh, at least allowed by media. People coming forward and saying this, and up until now, as we saw, the fact that um, the Rasmussen poll, you know, according to half of Democrats, they don't—they want it to be illegal to even question anything, the efficacy of anything, or question anything that's being said. So we have half half the country wanting, or, or at least a quarter of the country wanting to um, imprison, imprison <laughs> you for questioning anything. So it's actually surprising that we're now starting to see. And then we have Twitter and the rest of social media pulling
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: medical professionals who question anything, um, like Dr. – what's his name? Uh, Dr. Malone?
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Getting pulled from from Twitter and other medical professionals who, who question anything getting pulled from Twitter. Um, the fact that now I see medical professionals being allowed to say certain things, which I'm very surprised. So maybe there is a tide that is turning, perhaps.
0: I hope so. A lot of the polls seem to show that people are gaining fatigue here. I think that a lot of, I kind of had this comment on, on Hank Strange's show. And I've talked about this with Joe that, Hey, Eric Gonzalez, thanks for stopping by. Appreciate the like, Uh, for those of you that are watching, smash the like button and, um, and share the video. If you enjoy what we produce here, that's how we grow and gain even more people. Here in the chat and uh, get great conversations and questions like the one that uh, Aaron brought up that led to this tangent here. So we appreciate all of you out there participating in the chat. So, oh man, I lost my train of thought there. So uh, what was I saying there? I totally lost it. I
1: don't know. I got distracted by Brian. He's been talking about seed oils. I know. He's
0: talking about oils there. Yeah, it's true. A lot of oils are bad for you.
1: But he says avocado is good, and that's good because that's what we use.
0: Yeah, usually avocado and olive oil. Uh, is what we like. Olive oil just tastes so good when you mix it with pasta and all that stuff. It's really good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Dip the bread in there. Yeah, that's good stuff.
1: So, Rolando yeah. is... Uh,
0: I'm an Italian food guy. That's yeah. pretty much what I eat. I was uh, he was a I'm a picky Italian. son of a gun, but I eat American fare and Italian food. That's pretty much what I eat. And obviously, so and not even a small percentage of my Puerto Rican food, I eat I'm just a picky SOB. People are always supr- surprised. Woof! I'm sorry about that.
1: I get all my... Uh, I eat out. Well, I'm on the road constantly now, so I get to eat the things that I can't eat with Rolando. <laughs> so I had uh, an epic. We get we. I was in Austin, Texas, actually, this past week, and they have some pretty awesome eats, uh, pretty awesome restaurants there. And I ate at this uh pretty famous. I forgot the name of it. I have a T shirt. I bought. I liked it so much. I bought a T shirt. It's uh. It says <laughs> ramen, and it's. It looks like the Ramones. It's pretty cute. That's funny. Um, but they have some really good ramen, and it was just like. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Tony, if you're still around, I'm gonna send you a picture. It was like epic looking. So anyway. I don't know how we got distracted. Oh, uh, Brian, quick yeah. siege oil.
0: So. Yeah, we it start started making us think. And I'm sorry, uh Dateslav brought up a story here. He said my partner Brent was in the hospital, not with the, the couf in February twenty twenty. Some overworked nurse checked COVID on his death certificate, and the CDC still has him as one of the deaths, never even exposed. What was this uh his partner brent so i'm i'm very sorry about your loss i'm
1: sorry mandatory carry yeah
0: but i mean I, i've heard a lot of stories like that where people you know their family member passed away for one reason that was totally different like a car accident there was a story of somebody that got shot and was considered a death with the coof, and it's just garbage what they've done and part of it was a scheme because we know that doctors got or hospitals got a huge payout if First of all, if they so had a... Say co- not doctors. No, hospitals. not doctors. Yeah, hospitals did because, you know, most doctors... Well, doctors that work in an ER don't work
1: by, for their... Own. Their hospitals or yeah, independent contractors. Yes. They don't get paid like so that. They
0: work they work for a corporation typically. So anyway, hospitals would get a higher payout if somebody was positive, and then they would get an even higher payout if somebody was intubated. So put on a, a ventilator. So that just starts creating an incentive for hospitals to have corrupt, you know, corrupt, make corrupt decisions, do bad things, and try to make money. And we also have to realize, too, that a lot of hospitals had to shut down outpatient procedures, elective surgeries, things like that. Even surgeries that were essential in some cases, they had to be moved to other facilities. they're money
1: makers. Yes.
0: So they were almost incentivized by the government to say, well, you're losing money because of this that's going on, so we're going to pay you extra. The problem is, again... From the outside looking in, as a layman, if you don't understand how politics work, you might look at that and say, well, hospitals are going to go bankrupt if the government doesn't give them some sort of incentive. The problem is, as usual, and as is most, mostly the case, human beings can be corrupt. And when human beings are desperate or corporations want to make money in their bottom line, they're going to do shady things in order to survive. That's basically inevitable. Some of it is nefarious. You could think it's a vast conspiracy by the government, Some of it is just basic greed and malice. That's it. It doesn't go any further than that. So that's kind of the balance of where we need to look at things sometimes. Is there some sort of vast master plan to cause problems? I'm sure that there is. But at the same time, the consequences of this going on bring out a lot of corruption and greed in people. And you end up with a lot of what are called standalone complexes. So a lot of people acting badly, but not necessarily in unison. So it makes things look like this is a vast organized conspiracy. Not all of it is. Some, some parts definitely, I believe, are. And I guess they're not really conspiracies at this point because, like we saw the numbers being cooked, that was something that they called a conspiracy. That's no longer a conspiracy. We know this to be true. Uh, Dave Rubin getting suspended on Twitter last year for after the jabs came out basically saying, whoa, how long is it going to be until we need a booster? And he was kind of saying it as a joke, but it turned out to be true. And now we're talking in some cases, some countries are already pushing out the fourth jab. We've already heard that the efficacy is not the same with this, with this and the newer variants. So at this point, the jig is kind of up, and it makes what the Supreme Court did, it's actually a little bit confusing. So earlier this week, we talked about it uh, last week, the Supreme Court finally made their decision on both the OSHA and CM, uh, the CMS mandates.
1: And by the way, I just want to say that I never listened to uh, Sotomayor speak before, (laughs) and she is, wow, (laughs) not the smartest cookie. Uh, Sorry, I interrupted you. No, 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 you're fine.
0: (laughs) So if you were paying attention last week, we talked about it briefly. Finally, the mandates came up to the Supreme Court. The two mandates that came up were the employer mandate. So any company that had more than 100 employees, uh, employees either had to get Uh, jabbed, or they had to go through weekly testing at basically either the employee or the company's expense. So that's part of what was the BS. It's that you're imposing a regulation on us that's unnecessary, and you're also not assuming any of the cost or risk involved. So that's BS, but that's what government does, doesn't it? They uh, sit on their high horse, and then they get to basically spread whatever regulations they want everywhere, all across the land. They sprinkle it, and we can't do or say anything about it most of the time. So, in in any case, for the employer mandate, so one was for uh, businesses with more than 100 employees. The other mandate was for any healthcare employees that work in a facility that receives Medicare or Medicaid funding. So, the first case, which affected more Americans, was six three in the favor against the mandate, so that was thrown out. But for the CMS mandate for healthcare workers, it was five to four, and they upheld that mandate. So here's what I have. I have a serious problem with this because a lot of people are like, well, this is a huge victory, but it really isn't. Because as usual, what you have to understand with progressive government and authoritarianism and the left is they throw 100, well, they throw 1,000% of what they want out there because they know they're not going to get it. So they throw, well, let's say they throw 100%. They throw everything that they want. They know they'll only get 10% of it, but that's okay because they use the shotgun method. You got nine You got nine BBs flying out there in double-odd buck. One of them is bound to hit. That's what you're hoping for. So as long as one of them hits, you're still going to cause some damage and you might get lucky and you might neutralize the target. So that's how the left really does things. So they pass a 100-employee um, mandate and they pass the CMS mandate. They know that they're probably not going to get the employer mandate, but if they can get the other one, they set a precedent. And really... Who were the two Supreme Court justices that caved on the CMS mandate? It was, of course, Roberts, which we always expect, and Kavanaugh, which unfortunately he seemed he's a little bit wishy-washy sometimes. I mean, we saw what he went through on Capitol Hill. It was pretty much a travesty, but I never really liked him as a choice of Supreme Court justice. I think Gorsuch is a much better conservative judge or more constitutionalist. But in any case, the opinion that Roberts and Kavanaugh essentially gave or that the dissenting, uh, the majority opinion gave was pretty much BS because their argument was ultimately something along the lines that, well, private institutions, hospitals aren't suing us. It's the states that actually obviously distribute Medicare and Medicaid funds because that's what happens. The federal government gives the states their Medicare and Medicaid funding. The states then choose how that money is distributed typically. So it was 27 states that sued the federal government on behalf of the healthcare workers. And the Supreme Court basically said something along the lines of, well, since the private institutions aren't suing us, that means people aren't really opposed to this. So it's okay. And I just remember the arguments that Sotomayor used that compared, well, people, practitioners have to to have basic hygiene, wash their hands, wear gloves, wear masks when they're on the job. So why is a vaccine any different? And I was like, so you're talking about things that you put on top of you, clothing that you can then take off, temporarily versus something that you put inside your body that can affect you adversely. Maybe most of the time it doesn't, but still that's the difference. Something that you can't reverse. That's it. Once it's done, you're done. So for better or for worse, you've got it in you. So, I mean, I really don't know their justification. I think it was a big loss and I know that we're all very happy and optimistic. I'm happy because look, I work for a company. Joe works for a company that has more than hundred people. So we would have been subject to that, and who knows how far that regulation could have gone. Maybe some people were okay getting the first two doses, but now after they're seeing, wait, it's going to have to be like every four or five months now? I'm not cool with that. And a lot of people have changed their mind, even people that have gotten it before. So this now opens the door for, you know, we supposedly have a shortage of healthcare personnel here. We're hearing stories. I believe that Governor DeSantis brought it up of in some states where they have fired healthcare workers for not getting the jab, they are bringing back COVID-positive healthcare workers that are jabbed on the job. So how asinine and stupid is that? You have people that that would test negative, but because they don't have the jab, you don't want them working. But people that are positive, just because they have the jab, which they can spread it no matter what, you're willing to bring them back on the job. That's just asinine, and that doesn't seem like that helps anybody.
1: Well, that's, that was pretty much implied in the um, in the new man uh, in the new suggestion. Well, I don't know what you want to call that. The, the The CDC recommendations, the updated recommendations, where um, it's a lot of people were upset about them, and we talked about them uh, previous episode where there's five days brought down from ten. Um, a lot of people were like, "Yeah, I don't feel really comfortable with this," especially where they were like, "Well, if you and if you start to feel better, you can just wear a mask and go back to work." And it's kind of obvious that the real reason behind that is that they want to keep the government moving, uh, the government moving, sorry, the economy moving Mm -hmm. and healthcare workers back to work. Um, But it's pretty funny. It's like, oh, you're so concerned about people uh, spreading this and the fact that you're firing people, but you're okay with people who we know have it coming back as long as they wear masks. Like, it doesn't really tally up.
0: Knight train says the way the Kavanaugh has been voting as a Supreme Court justice, maybe we should have listened to his accuser during the confirmation hearings. Oh, oh God! Look, that was that was a travesty what they did there, but you know, this is this is just BS. Come on.
1: Uh, mandatory carry in the chat says Typhoid Mary wasn't that irresponsible. Disgusting. That's murder.
0: Yep. Yeah. I mean they're willingly throwing people in there, but that's that's the problem that we're running into here, where. They have had to, they understand how far they've pushed people and how the evidence is coming out. So now, ironically, obviously, we have social media corporations that are trying to manipulate the narrative, block people, shadow ban them, ban them entirely, et cetera, et cetera. We've been seeing that for the last uh, couple of years. They banned the freaking president of the United States. So there's really no, there is no, there is no depth that they're willing to sink. We already know that, but- I do think that this point, because they can be exposed, I I kind of came up with this little theory. I don't think it applies to everybody, but we see that in the midterm elections, there's something like 26 Democrats are not going to run for reelection this year. So a lot of people are expecting a quote unquote red wave. Hopefully we get good Republicans you know, I don't really like the GOP that much anymore. I think that there's a lot of rhinos there.
1: But I do think that there is a movement. Uh, oh yeah, there are. There's a, a backlash against rhinos. Um, Absolutely, we're going to be talking about rhinos in a little bit. When I start, we're going to do a a short, a small update cu- update on constitutional carry. It's uh, specifically Florida, but we have a lot of other states that are um, in moving towards constitu- constitutional carry. So we'll just. Mention them. Mm -hmm. Um, And, for instance, the uh, representative who's spearheading constitutional uh, carry, Anthony Sabatini, has really been campaigning against uh, rhinos, and it's really just evident. It's really just... Well, I think we've been talking about it for a long time, ever since, like, H.R. 8 and Mm -hmm. all those uh, things. Uh, Especially in Florida, we have a lot of very uh, loud republicans who are rhinos and they're starting to get exposed and that's a good thing um you know i don't get down with any particular political party but i do particularly and vocal against specifically um those republicans in name only who like to just say a lot of stuff to get elected and then they basically don't actually do what their constituents voted them to do. So mm-hmm. I, I have a particular issue with them, and I can't wait for them to get voted out. And if that means I'm supporting and throwing my uh, support against uh, 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 behind other Republicans, so be it. I, I, I support people who do what they're saying that they're going to do, who are honest, and who um, are honest to their constituents. So that's who I support.
0: Yep. Ting Ting in the chat says two of my former coworkers at the hospital where were fired in Seattle. I seen, I seen what was happening. Oh yeah. Look at that. It does show the chat there. <laughs> uh, two of our former coworkers at the hospital were fired. Uh, I seen what was happening. That's why I quit the Seattle children's hospital and now work for a small practice in Tulsa. So see Ting Ting did what a lot of people, what I've recommended for people to do. It's very difficult to do, obviously to pick up your life and move, but Look, I, I'm, I'm not telling people to give up, but when I see 48% of Democrats think that people should be locked up if they don't get the jab, that's a serious problem. And it means that you're not just telling, we're not just dealing with people now to, to persuade them to maybe uh, lessen gun restrictions or things like that. We're now literally dealing with people that say, if you don't do this, I think that you should be thrown in an internment camp or you should lose your job or you should be ostracized and pushed uh, and pushed aside. So that is that's pretty unprecedented in the history of this country up until, you know, maybe the civil war era that we saw some of the really terrible events in history where we had a lot of social strife. So that that's it's tough. So if you can leave and you have a means to do it, I would recommend it or at least find enclaves within the states that you live in that might be more right-wing. So we know that San Diego is a little bit more conservative than the rest of California and the outskirts there. So if you're in Cali and you could move to San Diego or maybe uh, in towards the interior, the eastern side of California, you'll find a lot more freedom there or at least a lot of like-minded people that you know won't turn you in or try to, you know, send the COVID police on you or call you out if you're walking around with an assault weapon or things like that on your own property. So, I think that that's the best thing you can do. It's just gotten to the point where so many Americans disagree with the concept of freedom that I just don't know. Decentralization is one component. I, I would like, to, I personally would like to see the US not collapse as much as I think that different things may lead to that eventually, irreconcilable differences, maybe a national divorce. I just fear, I, I fear the China thing. I know a lot of libertarians get pissed off about that because they're like, oh, you shouldn't factor that in. You do, because I personally think that if California and the West Coast break off, I think you're going to see Chinese military bases in North America. I think that's what will happen. And even though you might be cool as having a conservative United States or a freedom libertari- uh, libertalia United States or whatever, uh, would we be okay with having CCP bases in North America very close to us? I don't know. I wouldn't like that. I think that the Californians would sell out to the Chinese immediately, let them build military bases, let them build factories there, and give them economic support. We've seen China does that in a lot of other countries and basically owns them. I believe they own one of the major ports in Vietnam right now because they finance 95% of it, and essentially they prioritize Chinese shipping and, uh, and labor at that seaport now. And if Vietnam can't pay it off, then they're hosed. Now that's Chinese territory essentially. So not that the U.S. hasn't done this in the past. We we, we absolutely have. And that's why the, the Chinese are are basically emulating American um, American capitalistic tactics used throughout the 20th century. Economic hitmen, things like that, trying to shake down countries, do things like that. But they are learning from both the mistakes that the Soviet Union made as the previous communistic uh, superpower and the mistakes that the U.S. has made in kind of combining both the things that worked for both countries into one now neo-communistic, pseudo pseudo-capitalistic socialistic, communistic empire. Who knows what the Chinese really are? They're really an authoritarian regime, because we know that they're not exactly communistic ever anyway. Because the people aren't really equal uh, to party members unless you're a party member. So, you know, we know that that's all all BS. But we're going to see these things happen here. I I think that 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 would suck. Uh, Maybe it's not enough motivation for people to fear things, but I think libertarianism and economic freedom works as long as there are people there that aren't willing to basically cause chaos. And so I think losing the United States as a superpower would be bad for the world. But at the same time, I think that our country, our government has done very authoritarian things and they've gotten to the point where we can't really trust our own federal government in many cases anymore. And if we have to rely on Basically, if, if it's to the point where if one party wins, it's a drastic change for the country, that's not a good thing. Because ultimately, presidential elections should not swing the entire agenda of the country or some of the laws that, we, that, we're, that we're under. We have a constitution, so there are only so many things that either party should be able to change without violating the constitution. Unfortunately, we've gotten to the point where both parties don't care about the constitution. The Republicans pay lip service to it, but they dangle things like concealed carry reciprocity for us just to get elected. Uh, The Democrats do the same thing to their side, except they're more willing to follow their extreme fringe. Whereas the right is not willing to follow the quote unquote fringe of the right, which would want, you know, total constitutional carry everywhere. The repeal of the NFA, all that. They don't even try to do those things for us. Whereas the left, well, the Democrats will always go like, what's the craziest thing that you guys want? Uh, I don't know abortion on demand at like like three days. They'll be like, okay, we can do it. Like, that's it. it. We'll do it right away. And they know they won't get it, but they might get half of it and they're okay with that. The Republicans don't play that way and that sucks. That's why I think we need a Libertarian Party that's more powerful because as you may have seen in our Larry Sharp interview, he brought up a good point. He said he didn't necessarily want the Libertarian Party to be dominant. He just wanted them to be big enough that they influence the other two parties to be better because they know... Crap, there's an alternative over there that's offering people freedom. We can't compete against that. So we're going to have to either change our policies or outright just throw sweep things under the rug because it's obvious that these guys are going to eat our lunch. Uh, so I think we use the- The night metaphor. train says Chinese military base in Cal. Only if it falls apart. Sorry.
1: We used the metaphor last time of the chicken- Sandwich wars. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like we just need to light a fire under these butts and get them to realize that if there's a competition, you need to actually live up to what you promise. Mm-hmm. So you better give me a better chicken sandwich.
2: Yep.
0: And, and I train. And
1: hopefully that's what I'm going to be seeing in this midterm election mm-hmm. where a lot of these people who promise a lot of things and pay a lot of lip service are going to get primaried.
0: Yep. Uh, Bernabe Sanchez asked, did China buy the land next to Laughlin Air Force Base? I wouldn't be surprised. I haven't heard that.
1: China owns a
0: lot of land. They do. The they, they they buy a lot of real estate. They, they even own have- a lot of Florida. Yes, they have a lot of, uh, they also buy radio stations. I believe that they have, um, the US government has basically suspected that China's bought radio stations so that they can either use the antennas to push propaganda or monitor communications. They're really intelligence facilities. We know- um, Joe had a friend that came from Korea before and talked about how the South Koreans are pretty upset that the Chinese go in there and try to buy a lot of real estate. They're using economic warfare. That's what they're doing. They're using our system against us. This is why I believe that the Republicans want to pass a law. Maybe a lot of people don't like it. Libertarians definitely won't like it. But at the same time, see, I'm a libertarian within the borders of the United States. If the rest of the world wants to be libertarian and have a... a Republican form of government, uh, I would totally be okay with that. Even if it was more libertarian, anarchistic, I would be okay with that. The problem is that when you have another superpower that's the exact opposite of that, that's authoritarian, you're going to end up with basically a ton of fractured small states that can't do anything and that can be paid off because that's human nature. That's what the Chinese do. They give economic opportunity to poorer countries and then they own them. And then they can use the threat of military uh, military action. Again, this is kind of what the U.S. did throughout the 20th century. They are now refining it to the world that we live in, which is a world without, without conflict. We don't like to go into major world wars. We don't like to have massive conflict anymore. People would rather have money. And if they're oppressed, that's okay, because if you got Netflix and video games you're to- and, uh, and Uber Eats, you will totally give up your other rights because your comfort is more important to you. And I think that that's what a lot of these people are capitalizing on. And that's why you don't see the kind of resistance in the West that you would have expected in the past.
1: Um, going to the chat. Cause I like to <laughs> listen to everybody disturbed Two K seven says, this is as silly as the Wow wild, wild West argument against concealed carry. China is more unstable than you think they're still a developing nation the left is bigger threat to liberty than I china.
0: agree and that's kind of what I that's kind of what I said we're we're in this predicament of where we are right now i think part of the problem is that china has sold out and has bought off a lot of our a lot of our politicians so our own politicians are willing to betray us so i do think that's that's the conundrum that we have now that we have bigger problems within the us but i'm just Bringing up speculation that in the future, if the country were collapsed, these are some of the things that you might have to worry about. So it's not maybe maybe a national divorce is the correct choice in the end. This
1: country will allow
0: that to happen. Uh, Maybe that is maybe that is Mm -hmm. the correct choice at the end of the day. But there are going to be consequences with it. You almost have to look at the way that Europe is is. If if there are certain things that we enjoy the benefit of being a superpower, we will lose a lot of those benefits. And so you just need to be aware of the consequences of that. That means that you're not going to have a U.S. dollar anymore. You're not going to have the dominant world currency. So some of your prices are going to go up. You're going to have to worry. You're going to have to bring back domestic manufacturing, which is going to make your prices go up. And you're going to get probably higher quality goods. Those are good things. But you have to realize that there are going to be consequences. You're going to have your cheap goods are going to disappear pretty quickly in certain cases. You're not going to have the leverage of having the U.S. military around anymore because that's going to be split amongst several different nations now. And you'll probably end up with an alliance. I would think that you can end up with an alliance. You'll probably go, I saw Eris Legacy brings Bitcoin in, cryptocurrency will probably be a bigger deal. At that point, that'll lead to more decentralization. I think that there are still solutions that we have within the system that we've got, but it really is moving more towards a state more of a republic like we are now, where the federal government handles what it needs to. So trade, currency, uh, even though I hate the Fed, national borders, national security, the states handle everything else. So 10th Amendment, basically all around. So that allows different states to have different levels of freedom and you can choose to go between them, but ultimately they're all supposed to follow our constitution. Obviously that hasn't worked out very well. There are a lot of people like Ripa that bring up the point Well. Um, or actually not RIPA, I think it was, I forgot who it was. It was a libertarian scholar brought up the fact that essentially if we've gotten to this point with the Constitution, how good has the Constitution really been for us? That's a really scary question to ask. It's a question that I hate. We've done constitutional segments, but I understand the point. It's that... It wasn't
1: RIPA.
0: No, it wasn't RIPA. It was um, Tom Woods. I think it was Tom Woods talking to Michael Malice. I was going to say that. Yeah, Tom Michael Woods Malice talking show. to Michael Malice. Yeah. And... You know, that's, that's a scary thing. But these are all the things you have to think about because if you do have a decentralized United States, you're going to have a new constitution as well in these new states. So those are all the different consequences you have to think about. I am now more for the decentralization and decoupling from the federal government. But again, if you want to be realistic, you at least have to have these thought exercises because you have to be prepared for it. So that's how it is. Look what happened to the Soviet Union after it collapsed. Obviously, the Soviet Union was a different... Totally different animal, but a lot of the people in the Soviet Union were not prepared for that vacuum of power, uh, that, that vacuum that, was, that came as a result of the Soviet Union collapsing, and that led to a lot of poverty, corruption, and things like that. So we just need to be prepared. We need to make sure that leaders are also aware of the decisions that they make and that we're ready for it. And that ultimately means investing in yourself, getting property, being able to defend yourself, uh, buying land where you can probably grow your own food and gain some self-sufficiency because then you can be ready for these transitions because your money may not be worth anything if that happens. There might be a new U.S. dollar. It could be uh, the Republican states of America or something like that or the new republic and you need a new republic dollar versus the California yen <laughs> or not the California, what's the, uh, the uh, renminbi, which is what the Chinese use, right? I have no idea. Or the yuan. So, the uh, the Californian Yuan versus the New Republic dollar. So Go uh, into
1: the chat.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, F-Stop Harlot says, you guys are right about Californians. I thought for sure there were patriots here, but every day when I walk around, I'm typically the only one not wearing a mask in stores. It's weird to see. JC9 says, if USA falls, Texas takes over. I actually disagree with you because there was a recent article that we just saw. Uh, uh, let me
0: look it up while you talk that, in the
1: chat. Uh, classified how free the states were, and numerically ordered them. Um, I believe New Hampshire was number one, which is not surprising because of the libertarian movement that they worked on. The Free State Project? Free State Project, where they basically had a crap ton of libertarians move to New Hampshire and try to make it as free as they can. Um, I believe Florida was number two, which is a little surprising considering we're not as gunshine state as we think we are but hopefully we'll be talking about that a little bit in a little bit about um, that change that might be happening, hopefully this year. And Texas was number, what was it? 20, 21. 21. And, you know, Texas is gotten, getting a lot of people moving from California. Um, if you go to Austin, Austin's pretty liberal, pretty leftist. Um, that's a major city, so... You know, Texas has a reputation. I love to te- actually love Texas. Um, it's my second favorite state mm-hmm. and it's my favorite place to visit. I've been there a lot recently.
0: So here's basically what they say about Texas. Personal freedom is abysmally low in Texas. Seriously? <laughs> Especially given how we operationalize it. Criminal justice policies are generally aggressive, but reforms have been ongoing in the state for some time. Even controlling for crime rates, the incarceration rate is far above the national average. That has been improving. Drug arrests have fallen over time and are now about average for the user base. Non-drug victimless crime arrests have also fallen over time and are now much below the national average. Asset forfeiture is mostly unreformed, but law enforcement participation is inequitable. equitable sharing has declined with regard to revenues. Cannabis laws are harsh. A single offense not involving minors can carry a life sentence. What? Wow. Uh, Even cultivating a tiny amount carries a mandatory minimum of six months. Wow, that's pretty insane. Uh, medical marijuana was further expanded in 2021. Travel freedom is low. Uh, the state takes a fingerprint for driver's licenses. Wow, this is really this is almost like a libertarian analysis of it. Has a little legal well, I'm gambling. Sure that's
1: where it's coming. From. Yeah, of
0: course, because that's freedom. That's why New Hampshire's number one. The Free State yeah. Project. Open carry was legalized in 2015. Alcohol freedom is above average with taxes low. Texas has virtually no campaign finance regulations.
1: So, therefore, you see if you define freedom in these ways. Uh, Texas. Has there's found- different, yeah, there's different, different levels
0: of freedom. Yeah.
1: So yeah, you can check that out at freedominthe50states.org. I mm-hmm. think that's actually really cool. I want to look more into this Cato Institute and see what.
0: And look, they're, they're a right-wing think tank, so you can take what they, well, you can take.
1: I mean, it gives what you they an explanation. For, yeah, it's you, not just like, here's our, here's our score and that's it.
0: And you can decide what things are our priorities for you. Yeah. If you care about gun freedom, economic freedom, making, uh, creating a business, low taxes, that's obviously something to look at. If you care about uh, legalized drugs and things like that, then you look at another state. Uh, if you want to balance, you can find a state like that. So it's cool. You can look at the different criteria. I just thought it was interesting. Uh, and Florida's number two. So you know what? I'll take it. I really don't want to leave this state.
1: I like it. Yeah. And uh, f Harlan in the chat said she was looking at New Hampshire, but it's expensive. And you know what it also is? It's also cold. Yeah. That's, so that's as someone thing. who lives in Florida and, uh, my origins are of the Caribbean. I like the yeah. I
0: was, uh, I was I was born in Puerto Rico. I've lived in Florida for more than half my life at this point. Actually, geez, since '99, so yeah, freak, like 23 years now. So two thirds of my in, life. You've
1: been living in it longer than I have. Yeah, two thirds of my life. I moved here in 2001.
0: And let's be honest. Let's look at the places where I've lived in my life: Puerto Rico, Japan, and then Southern states. So. South Carolina, Florida. That's where I've lived. I've always been, except for Japan, I've always been in uh tropical latitudes. What state so is speak. number
1: fifty? Uh trigology wants to know.
0: Uh number fifty is gonna be California. California. Cali- no, 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 New York. I think it's, it's New York. York or California. Yeah, I think it's New York. Let's see. So
1: let's I bring this back. back here. Okay. Pretty sure it was New York. New York yeah, is number York. fifty, yeah. yeah and then
0: California's forty eight and uh let's see. Wow, Oregon's forty six. So who's worse? Jersey. Jersey's bad. Massachusetts has got to be up there, too. So. Yeah, yeah. the bottom five are in black. So Oregon, California, Jersey, New York, and where's Rhode the Island? other one? It's got to be a really small state that I just can't really see.
1: Here. Is it Rhode Island? It might be. No, it's no, not. Rhode
0: Island's 41. I'm surprised Illinois is not there. Huh. Oh, Hawaii. Hawaii. Uh, oh, there you okay. yeah, oh. yeah, go. Yeah, Hawaii's number 49. Yeah, Hawaii is pretty awful. They basically act like they're not part of the United States because they're 2,000 miles away in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. I mean, they can do that. So they basically kind of get away with that stuff. Their gun laws are pretty egregious. Drop there.
1: that link in the chat, please. Yes.
0: All right, let's drop that in there, and we will link it there so you, that you all can check it out for yourselves. That's pretty cool. mm-hmm. So we'll pin that for you guys
1: you <laughs> all well, Adam Adamas in the chat says in Massachusetts, they can marry children legal age 12. That is icky. Wow. That's, that is super that's icky.
0: pretty freaking crazy. All
1: so. right. Let's uh, shift gears. Cause we got a lot of other topics to talk about.
0: Uh, yeah. Let's, let's focus Where do you on.
1: Go? You want to go to Joe Biden? Or you want to go to DeSantis? Let's talk
0: about Joe Biden. So you can go and talk about uh, your post this week.
1: All right. So I made a post this week uh, cause I was reading the Hill and saw this article called Joe Biden's Disastrous 48 Hours. Um, basically, this is opinion piece talking about how Joe Biden is just having the worst weekend ever because of the fact that he had has a disastrously low um, percentage of approval. He's now down to 33%. And I thought it was hilarious because this particular author of this piece was not being sarcastic or facetious and he was just shocked that p- Biden could possibly have uh, the this approval rating when he <laughs> uh, has uh, the historically highest uh, of most votes, most votes, most votes, in, votes in, history. in history with 81 million 10 <laughs> million more than the most uh, one of the most charismatic presidents uh, you know in Barack Obama
0: charismatic I mean, again, according to them. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I know what no, you mean.
1: Actually, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna say he was extremely well. Charismatic. He had charisma. Yes, I'm yeah. sorry. Like you, you know, like uh, what is that that saying? al, um, you know, you give. Why am I having a brain fart with this? <laughs> like, you give Caesar what is Caesar? You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, you give people what is theirs. So, Barack Obama was extremely charismatic. No lie. I don't care what you thought of him. He was a great orator.
0: Mm-hmm. No, it no, that's what true. It is
1: Facts. So how could this man, who has got the charisma of a potato and can barely string a sentence together and literally pooped his pants, according to rumors, get 81 million votes? Well, uh, fortification. That's how. But anyway, I digress. Um, he's having the worst 48 hours ever. Um, I'm saying he's having the worst year ever because he's been crap from the very beginning. And it's just now that you're talking about the fact that inflation and the economy is in the crapper and we're finally stop pretending that inflation's bad according, you know, to the media and I guess they finally stopped getting trying to f- listen to the white house which tried to suppress the media talking about the economy being in the crapper if everybody remembers that from a few weeks ago when they had uh, pulled the media in and asked them to not report on the economy being in the crapper. I guess they're not listening, so at this point, he's hosed. Um, We have the consumer price index rising 7% in 2021, fastest increase since 1982, according to this article. Inflation is now sitting at a four-year high. Um, Another thing, the filibuster, they were trying to get the filibuster uh, killed, and <laughs> we were saved by Kristen Cinema. Once again, a Democrat, <laughs> a Democrat has voted against the oh party. Oh gosh. Kristen Cinema said, I don't think so. Um, she actually
0: gave a very good speech in my opinion. Yeah.
1: yeah, she did. And then on top of that, Biden, uh, got his, uh, jab mandate taken down by the Supreme court. And so it's been a bad week. It's mm-hmm. been a bad week for him. Um, it's to the point where, uh, Major columnists in New York Times are recommending that they do not, uh, that he not that he not run at all in twenty twenty four. I shared, um, I think it was a New York Post article that the Democrats are now seriously thinking about having Joe Biden completely not run, and Kamala and, won't be, the and Kamala candidate not either. run, mm-hmm. and we're bringing back Hillary Clinton <laughs> as the head of the running of, of the. The head of, how do you say The this? Democrat Party. The yes. candidate, yeah. That is so sad that things are so, so bad that we're now bringing it back to the Clintons who are the most, like...
0: Four ever. hours ago. Look, four hours ago, literally.
1: This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is ridiculous. How, Ex- how did we get to this point? The, th- the, the Clintons are literally like, we have articles right now that are just being posted today yep. linking the Epstein's. Uh, Epstein and, and, and the Clintons. Yep. Okay. Like how many freaking like go to the Daily Mail. The Daily Mail literally ran an article about Clinton. The Clintons being tied to Epstein and, and Ghislaine Maxwell and the, the investigation that's currently yep. still going into this. And, and, and we have Mrs. Clinton as who you're going to have run in 2024. That's how bad Biden's doing that. You'd rather have someone we know is corrupt and possibly criminal, supposedly. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> um, that's who you want to run for your president?
2: hmm Gosh.
1: I mean, we're... I mean, <laughs> yo, <laughs> like, things are not... Now... Oh, 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 and here's the other suggestion that they had in this article. Uh, Thomas Friedman recommended that, uh, that he... Uh, get rid of Kamala and replace oh, Kamala yes. <laughs> with a republican vice no, president no no and Lincoln, not just any republican freaking Liz, Liz Cheney. Cheney gosh
0: like do they think that that would work like who who would actually vote for that ticket first of all you're not going to get any vote, anybody that voted for president trump first of all none of those people are going to vote then you're going to get so you're going to get all the original voters for trump most of them maybe Let's be honest, because this is going to be our alternative. Your alternative is going to be Trump or uh, Biden again, or whoever they throw up there, Hillary Clinton. Uh, Obviously the libertarians, if they run like Dave Smith and, and Michael Malice and something crazy like that, then that would be totally awesome. And I think that would be great. Would they win? Most likely not, but I think that would be great for the libertarian party. If they could get some candidates like that and at least improve both parties, you know, maybe make Trump a little bit more, move more to the right and more freedom oriented especially when it comes to gun stuff. But my god, this is where we're going again. We're going we're going back into this well. So the least popular candidate probably ever, probably the least popular person in the Democrat party that's out of office currently. So I obviously I think that Nancy Pelosi and AOC probably have more detractors right now that are going that are going crazy than Hillary does. But you know as soon as he shows that she's going to run again or she has that inkling, it's going to be bad. Like, she's going to get totally owned. And at this point, like I said, you have the people that voted for Trump the first time. You have people that maybe didn't vote for him last time but are like, well, I regret that I I didn't, you know, vote for him because Biden won or whatever. So you'll get those people. Then you're also going to get the disaffected liberals. There are already a lot of people out there saying, that they voted for Biden. They regretted it because he is just ineffective. It's so funny reading quotes from former Biden voters saying that they at least want Trump because he gets things done. So I was like, so wait a second. This, now, that's a little bit bad because now you know these people don't vote for anything. They just want a president that does something. So that's kind of a bad motivation, but you know what? I will take it uh, as long as we don't get these authoritarian leftists in office again. We can work on the Republican Party. We can make it a more freedom-oriented party. We can boost the, the Libertarian Party. We can never allow the Democrat Party to take control again. That's just unacceptable, in my opinion.
1: Well, in the way they've been acting. Yes. Okay, because that, this, is. this is not the Democratic Party. Of the that, 90s. Uh, of oh, yeah. the 90s. This yeah. is, I don't know what this is, but this is definitely not it.
0: Yeah. So this is an authoritarian progressive party now. Uh, that's borderline Marxist, that would love to be Marxist, let's be honest. At least a lot of the uh, young folks seem to, that's what they want. They love communism. They think it's great.
1: I mean, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, I'm mind-blowing about that. Well, I'm not going to get down that rabbit hole. I was going to bring up Yuri Bezmenov and, 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 <laughs> communi- uh, and, and, and Marxism, but yep. that's a whole other story, yep. so I'm not going to go down
0: that And we've path. talked a little bit about that in the past. I don't know which episode it was, but if you look through our catalog, I talked about Gramscian damage. Uh, Gramsci was a,
1: I just said we're not going to get yeah, into it. Uh,
0: so you can look at that. There's Soviet but, propaganda but there is, and subversion. There
1: is, there is uh, I know we were talking about the CCP being the biggest threat, but um, if you really want to see maybe the seeds, the, the, the seeds of dissent, where mm-hmm. it all started, look up a video on Yuri Bezhminov, and it just kind of like blew my mind. I didn't, I know we talked about it, but I'd never seen the actual video until this week, and I'm just like, I can't get over it. Um, and the fact that everything that's like, everything that's happening, you can track it. Mm-hmm. And this is a video from 1984. And this is all, this was all, this is not natural progression of, of things. This was an agenda. And if you just go ahead and watch that, look it up. <laughs> Yuri Bezmanov. Anyway.
0: Yeah. Ting Ting says, so many rabbit holes, so little time. So
1: many. Yes. Yeah, so, yes. No, One, she said wabbit holes. Wabbit. Even I like that. Yes. So, anyway, going Freedom. back to Biden and his bad, bad. Uh, I feel like this is the name of a children's story. Joe Biden and his in his no good, no good very bad presidency. <laughs> yes. So, uh, Ting Ting mentioned it in the chat that he had a tantrum, a temper tantrum in Georgia, and she's referencing the fact that he went. Um, and this is the hill he decided to die on. Mm-hmm. His hill, despite polls showing that no one cares about this, is to throw a tantrum about voter rights. Mm-hmm. And as always, Biden, the guy, Mr. I voted for the 1994 crime bill um, or crime act, whatever yeah. the hell it was called. And, Mr., if you don't vote for Biden, you ain't black.
0: Oh, uh, and that black and brown people don't know how to use the internet to find out where to vote.
1: And he, told, and yeah. he said that I'm too dumb because I'm brown to mm-hmm. find out how to use the internet because... I mean, just, uh, hello, is that not, okay, anyway. I mean,
0: look, I, I can I can run a podcast, I've got all this stuff, but I don't know how to look up a place I where I can vote, either. Joe. I
1: have no idea, I don't know how to use Google. It's, it's apparently, it's too hard. For no sé cómo
0: votar, no puedo hacerlo.
1: Too difficult for yeah. my little brain.
0: Muy anyway,
1: so, this is the guy who thinks that he is, like, he really thinks that he is, like, the guy that's got us, you know, like, he's got our backs, right? Yep. You know, like, he's the guy, and, He's literally said, "This is the quote: Do you want to be on the side of Dr. Martin Luther King or George Wallace? <laughs> Do you want to be on the side of John oh Lewis gosh. or Bull Connor?
0: <laughs> my gosh!
1: Do you want to be on the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis?" And apparently, he yelled this um, during his this speech that he gave in Georgia, and this was all about kind of promoting uh, the, the needing to use, uh, you know.
0: Eliminate the filibuster.
1: Uh, to use identification, like oh, yeah, to promote yeah. identification for voting. Um, and by the way, it's easier to vote in Georgia than it is to vote in his own state of Delaware.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Polls show that no one cares about this. Not even Democrats. Like, only 6% of Democrats care about this issue but he's out here yelling at everyone and saying that if you think that you need that it's, it's a good thing to have id which to vote for a national election he thinks that asking you to bring an id to vote for the president is equivalent of being bull connor uh against civil rights that's ridiculous.
0: Well, that's why it, it comes down to, uh, look, the filibuster, I get it. Some people don't like it. But essentially, it, it's at this point, you can see some of the benefits of it. It, it prevents uh, basically tyranny of the majority in, in a lot of cases and basically an obstruction of the process of how the Congress works. And unfortunately, we've gotten to the point where we need defense mechanisms like this because there's really no honor they, we know what they want. See, the Democrats know that they're basically setting up for a bloodbath right now. They also know that if, they, if they're ever exposed, if their fortification efforts are exposed, they will never have that opportunity again or it will be much more difficult. So they have to understand that I personally think that the presidential election can do much, much more, uh, much, 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 much better in the next election. I think that you could see a landslide on, on one side, maybe towards Trump or whoever runs on the Republican side, most likely him or DeSantis. I think DeSantis would do just as great or even better. I don't want to lose him as Florida governor. But I do think that we've gotten to that point where now they have to start rigging the system, doing things that people don't even want in order to maintain their power because they know that they're going to get shellacked. And honestly, some of the damage that the Democrats have done or that the left, that the left has done in this country over the last few years it may be unforgivable for a lot of people because they will say, why would I want? This is the question that I pose. I doubt that there are any Democrats watching the show. If you are, that's awesome. Hopefully you don't get (laughs) too offended by what we say, but the truth hurts. Sometimes I'm not disparaging individuals or anything like that. I'm only disparaging the politicians because they deserve to be disparaged because they have power that they abuse and they have a platform that we normal people don't have. So they have to be cut down to size a lot of times because they are immune to any consequences in most cases. So I would just ask if you're a Democrat that lives in Florida, Texas, or any of these states that maintained that were open for the most part, you kept your jobs, you were able to go places, and you have the choice to wear a mask or get jabbed. Do you, Are you okay with how you lived in these states? Did you enjoy yourself or would you rather be in New York where they have VAX passports, where you saw police officers arresting people because they... Basically, had a protest by going to a an Olive Garden without masks, and the police came and arrested them. So, is that the world that you want to live in, or do you think it's actually kind of cool that way, you I had freedom believe, of choice?
1: I can't believe people chose to get a, like get arrested to go to jail over Olive Garden food.
0: Well, it's because that wasn't the purpose. the The purpose That's was not to not get. My, yeah, point. I know. my point is like at least you should <laughs> have gone to a good restaurant. I see that. Sorry, it went over my head, uh, but. You know, that is part of the problem. You know, we have to start looking back, and people need to look back. Did you live in Florida? Did you die? Were things okay? Let's look at the numbers realistically. Would you rather have lived in New York and been subject to these regulations and this authoritarianism, or are you you okay in Florida where you have freedom of choice, where even though there aren't any mask regulations, except for the amusement parks, unfortunately, again, Universal and Disney busted those out again. Where you have a choice. So you can get jabbed, you can wear a mask wherever you want. Some people may look at you funny, some people may make fun of you. That's okay. You have the freedom of choice. If you believe that that is what you need to protect yourself and to give yourself peace of mind, F everybody else. Just like, conversely, if you don't want to wear a mask and you don't want to get the jab and you live in a blue state, F everybody else around you too. Freedom of choice. That's what we believe in here. So... Uh yeah, let's let's go on. I saw that you were looking at something in there.
1: All right, I lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> with where I was going with no. Biden, but basically, yes, my last point on Biden will be the fact that if he cares so much about minorities, um, well, he came out and said, well, the Supreme Court said that uh, my mandate is not constitutional, but he still called in employers to mandate vaccines despite that ruling.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: So if you really cared about black and brown people like you think you do. Not really. But statistically, it's been shown that the people, uh, the demographic who has by choice not gotten vaccinated, the majority, has been minorities, black and brown people. Um, Mm -hmm. So who are you really hurting here? Yep. That's my point.
0: Absolutely.
1: Uh, I also wanted to move on to, um, since we were bringing up the 2024 election. Yeah. So let's talk about the 2024 election. Uh, we already talked about Biden and Hillary, but on the opposite side, everybody kind of knows the possibility of Trump running for a re-election. Mm-hmm. He's been making certain moves that kind of indicates that he's getting ready to do so. Yep. DeSantis has also been talked about quite a bit as a possibility, and we've actually talked to a lot about What's going to happen? Is DeSantis going to go against Trump in and pri- try to primary against him? Mm-hmm. Is he going to just say, bow down and go in a VP kind of role? Or is he going to try to fight him out uh, for it? So I saw the writing on the wall that I think that he's going to... You want to pull this one up? Yeah, send I me that you, one real quick. I sent it, it to you. Oh, okay. Um, yep. I think he's going to start to... He's starting to sow the seeds of, well, showing some distance between him and Trump and also showing the faults that Trump has had. Mm-hmm. Uh, a CNN article from this week, DeSantis says he regrets not speaking out much louder against Trump's recommendations to stay home. So now we're starting to see, and I knew that we always knew that this was going to be an issue for Trump. Um, the fact that a lot of people don't like how he handled the the pandemic and now we have DeSantis coming out and saying that he'd never agreed with how
2: mm-hmm. Trump
1: handled the pandemic because DeSantis is famous for how he handled things in Florida. And now he's blaming Trump for the initial few months and he doesn't agree with it. So he's distancing himself. And I think that he this is a sign that he may consider running against Trump.
0: Well, and, I've, al- and I've always said, uh, you know, that this is the one weakness where Trump is going to have where I think even he may lose some voters because... One, he never fired Fauci. Mm-hmm. The, these are the top things that I think hurt Donald Trump and potentially leave him vulnerable. Now, this I'm saying all this also knowing that basically he's probably going to be unassailable on the right. So it doesn't even matter if these things are brought up. They probably won't make a difference. But these are some of the things. One, he never fired Anthony Fauci. Two, he very much promoted the jabs to the... He's responsible for the jabs. So for better or for worse at this point... He initiated Project Warp Speed. If you're totally against the Jabs and you think that there's some bad thing, which, you know, that's up to you. Make your decisions yourself. Then he's responsible for that, for better or for worse. So you can take that how you want. So some people will hold that against him, especially his stance and how he's been uh, lately when it comes to the Jabs. He's very, you know, confident with them. He supports them. He's very proud of that achievement. So, again... You're totally against that. That might bother you. You may not care at all because he did what he did as president and he did what he thought he was right, at least in that regard. Um, I I think not firing Fauci is a pretty bad decision. I think that, uh, especially with what we've learned about the government, uh, the deep state and the bureaucratic state and things like that and how many people, unelected officials, have power in this government, I think not pardoning uh, Julian Assange and, and Snowden was also a mistake. I think it was a cowardly move on his part. My opinion on that has shifted over the years, but I think that now now that we've seen the corruption, the open corruption at the FBI, the CIA, the bureaucratic state, we know that whistleblowers are extremely important at this point because they're exposing the bad things that the government does. So we also know that Assange is a huge enemy of the Clintons. I think that was a bad move on his part. I think his interview with Candace Owens where he gives an answer and it was pretty weak, it was a very weak and decisive answer on that. He basically said, well, some good people wanted them to be freed and some very bad people also wanted them to be freed. So I just basically left it to, to the, the decision to stand there. I don't like that. I didn't like his gun rights decisions, but that's not necessarily the worst mistake he, if he had made. If he hadn't done some of these other things, that would have been a minor issue that I think he would have been able to rectify. At least more minor than some of the other things. But yeah, that wasn't good either.
1: So I think if DeSantis actually wants this and he's willing to just go against...
0: I think DeSantis would have to go very, very hard against Trump though and basically blame him for everything and, and destroy I, him
1: it, It's going to be interesting to see if he's, I don't know willing, if he's willing to do to that. Do
0: that. I, don't think, I don't think he is, but, uh, but we'll see. I, I, I
1: just found it really interesting that he's already... It, it just, it shows
0: that he's not totally a yes man and he's not a sycophant like a lot of these other Republicans. So I also Which think I'm that, right. that's fine. yeah, I also think that it I'm not i I'm yeah. not a
1: sycophant with Trump either. I mean, yeah. we all in this or, or, just said it. Everybody or yeah. anybody that's two way knows that Trump is not strong on two way. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. You isn't. can
1: like him all you want. He's not a two way guy. Yeah. He's not.
0: Yep. There you go. Nitrain said it exactly. Trump is deep down in New York City liberal.
1: Absolutely. He that's what we 100% know. 100% Those
0: are his natural tendencies. That's also why and he I made will, the decisions during with, COVID.
1: I will agree with Nitrain. Don Jr. is a two-way guy. Yes. Don Jr. is a true Republican.
0: Yes. But he Trump listens, but we know that his favorite is his daughter. Yeah. And that's who he really listens to. He loves Jared yeah. and Ivanka. That's who he really trusts more than anybody else. That's just how Trump has proven that. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I think he'll still be better uh, than—he'll still obviously be better than any Democrat. And I think that Trump going in, well, if if he's not an idiot, he will have learned from his mistakes. And I I think that's why—well, I think he'll have learned from his mistakes in the sense—
1: I'll take him over Biden, though. Or Kamala. Or Clinton. Of course, yes. I'm good. I'll take him over any of those. And
0: I think that when he goes in there now, and I think the left knows it, and that's why they're so terrified, and that's why they're pushing all the January 6th Mm -hmm. committee stuff— is they know that Trump is going to want revenge. This time, he's not going to waste his time. Before, he, to some extent, was unwilling sometimes to... See, everybody thought that Trump was going to be a little bit more authoritarian than he was. And I don't mean authoritarian like a dictator. Obviously, the left made him to seem like he was going to be a dictator. But I think on some issues, even Republicans thought that he was going to bust more skulls. I think Trump was underestimated his own success. I think he was surprised that he got elected. I think that even though he talked about the swamp, I think even he was taken aback by how bad and how how he was so demonized and treated like the devil. Essentially, he was the root of all evil there. I think even he was so surprised by that that it shocked him to some extent. And I think even by the end, he he still underestimated what the left was willing, and the authoritarians in this country, because even a lot of Republicans too that are embedded in this, what they were willing to do. I don't think he'll make that same mistake again. I think that he's going to be out for blood, essentially, this time, metaphorically speaking, and he's going to basically purge the bureaucratic state when he gets in there. So that may be a pro. If you want somebody that's going to bust skulls, I think that he may be more likely, because it's personal for him to bust skulls than maybe even DeSantis. I think that Trump is going to go in there and try to basically dismantle Washington, D.C. this time, for better or for worse. But at least that's maybe that's my hope. But again, uh, a few people in the chat bring it good up. Don't praise politicians. Don't yeah, fall in love with them. I was going to say
1: that. Aris, yeah. Aris Legacy, because I like to credit people, yes, definitely. says people are too quick to praise politicians. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that 100%. Um, yep. Just gonna so, and, and really again, bad. look,
0: politicians are mercenaries. You pay them with your votes and their influence. That's what they get. So... You don't have to give them your vote. You don't also have to condone what they say. Sometimes you can give them your vote, but you don't have to agree with everything that they say. It is not our responsibility to be the PR personnel for the politicians that we vote for. We do the best that we can based on the information that we have, and we have to hold people accountable, and that's what we have to do. And I think a lot of times maybe people on the freedom side are more willing to be to hold people accountable, but we don't want to end up with we don't want Conservative voters or, or freedom-loving voters to fall into the trap that the left does—that they did with Barack Obama. They basically push Barack Obama to Messiah level. Donald Trump is not a Messiah. He's not a perfect man. He's made mistakes, but he may do the right thing, and he'll probably be a better president than most, than most other uh, than most presidents that we've seen in history. Probably, to be honest. So at least we could hope. So we'll see how that goes. Maybe he'll be motivated. We'll see how how it does. I think that the best thing that Donald Trump did was he started exposing all of this. We always knew that that level of corruption was here, but his presidency, the best thing that ever happened was everyone was exposed. Hollywood was exposed, the media was exposed, and politicians were exposed. Everything that we suspected was true, he basically made it to fruition because they took off their masks, they couldn't help it, they went insane, and their Trump derangement syndrome destroyed them. So, we'll see. But again, um, I would uh, I would love to see Dave Smith and Michael Malice run because <laughs> I think that they would actually be amazing.
1: I don't I don't. But I mean, um, yeah, I, I could I see
0: mean, them running. But will they gain traction? I don't know. I don't
1: think so. But I was thinking that too. I was going to bring it up. I'm under what, what the Libertarian Party is going to do, and I mean they have. I think this is their. I mean, every moment is always like. Every year, it's like, this is the moment. They're, they're going to gain traction. But I really feel like this year, I think they might have this year and next year. I don't know. Yeah. Um, they 24, might, yeah. They, they may have um finally pick up. Do I think they're going to win? No. But do I think they're going to get that percentage that they need to to make a difference? Yeah, I think this might be it. Yeah. and I would, I think love, to, I would love there to be a third party and be that taken seriously. That would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. That would be the greatest thing for this country. Absolutely.
0: Yep. Uh, Night Train mentioned Marjorie Taylor Greene. We saw her on Tim Pool's show, and that changed my opinion of her. Yeah. I, I was never I never really thought anything of her negatively. I just thought, well, she's Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's a flamethrower over there, but I didn't really know too much about her. Didn't really listen to her. But I think it's important to have politicians like her that are willing to— there are no sacred cows. The problem is a lot of these new congressmen, uh, congressmen and women and senators go to Washington maybe wanting to change things. When they go there, they are smacked down by the, by the embedded politicians that have been there forever, by the staff that they've inherited from the uh, previous holder of that office, and they're basically told, you can't do what you want. This is how things are done here, and it doesn't really matter what your agenda is. This is how we do business here. So Marjorie Taylor Greene and others like her go in there, and they're exposing Congress for all the BS that they are. She's exposing the fact that they do voice votes without without the majority of of congressmen there in the house. She's exposed some of the backdoor deals they do. She's exposed the sham that the that the January Sixth Committee is, and how the people that are imprisoned in Washington D.C. are being treated poorly. So I think that she's done good things, and uh, and she's definitely a victim of demonization by the media like so many others on the right.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, until I had seen that, I, if you'd asked me what do I know about Marjorie Taylor Greene, I'd be like, everybody hates her because she's crazy. Like <laughs> That mm-hmm. was just like, their own party hates her, and now I know why, because she's shaking things up within her own party and forcing them to do mm-hmm. their job.
0: Yeah, Ting Ting brings up, uh, this why we need term limits. It's funny because Tim actually asked Marjorie Taylor Greene about that, and she said she was kind of, 50 50 about it because she said term limits are nice but the problem is that the bureaucratic state is always there so a lot of these same staff members these congressional staff members they're inherited from the previous holder of the office they're there forever they're the ones that write the policy they're the people that are at the epa at the doj at the fbi everywhere
1: so let's not forget politicians these these people don't actually write these yeah. bills they're They're written by lobbyists and by staff. Yep. And they don't even read them, apparently, until, well, what was the famous, uh, well, we have to pass the bill to be able to read it. Exactly. You know, I mean, that's just... Yeah, so... Uh, Washington, D.C. is just a effed up place.
0: Yeah. So I think that's the the one thing that you have to think about term limits. So unless you're going to basically purge all of the Washington, D.C. bureaucratic state as well they're still going to have embedded power and you're going to end up with essentially, potentially a lot of noob congressmen that go up there and those bureaucrats are still going to be like, don't worry about it. I'll show you the way that things are done. Like this is how they used to do it here. These are the rules. Don't worry about it. I think we'll get more reform going forward as people wake up, but that's kind of the double-edged sword. And that was a valid point that somebody brought up because I was all 100% gung-ho with term limits, but that's one of the side effects. So it's always a case of be careful what you wish for. And the grass is not always greener on the other side, so that's that's something to keep in mind. I do agree. I think that staff has to go. I think that there should be a limit in how long people can work in the federal government in DC in policy positions. So
1: I still think it would be better with term limits. Yeah. All right. Um. So I already talked about Desantis. I already talked. About I think
0: we're Biden. ready for this because uh, we're uh, almost. Uh, at no, I
1: had one more one more thing before we go to G four. Okay. Um. I did want to bring up constitutional carry. Do you have this? Uh.
2: Yes. This
1: tweet that I sent you. So I just wanted to give a quick uh, update on constitutional carry. There's a whole bunch of states that are um, moving forward. Georgia is actually a really big one. Georgia,
0: Indiana, Wisconsin, uh, uh,
1: Georgia, Nebraska, Ohio. Indiana, Ohio, Wisconsin, and Alabama, as well as Florida.
0: Can't believe Alabama didn't have constitutional I know, carry I know. I was already. so surprised. <laughs> it's so weird.
1: Uh, so Georgia's governor is – and did, uh, actually, let's go to th- – you already put this up.
0: I, I put the tweet up so that you can okay. talk about the rhinos. So I'll,
1: I'll go to the, I'll go to Florida first. Then fine. So um, Sabatini, who's uh, basically spearheading uh, constitutional carry in Florida, he's been he's kind of what I've been talking about. Who's been talking out a lot about the rhinos in Florida? We have a ton of rhinos. We have a ton, especially like South Florida. We have a bunch of Republicans, Cubans. Um, Maria Sarasar, like all these people who supposedly are so p- pro-freedom um, coming from communist Cuba are actually really anti-gun. So, you know, Sabatini's doing a great job of calling a lot of them out. He did this tweet. Uh, for Follow these owners. guys so I
0: can start trolling them on Twitter. Who's that? Sprouls and Simpson. Oh. So I can go into their into their comments and uh, say, like, why aren't you guys bringing up constitutional carry?
1: Florida gun owners, Rhino Speaker uh, Chris Sprouls, and Rhino Senate President Wil- Wilton Simpson are blocking constitutional carry. Same Republicans that passed gun control three years ago. Call and demand a hearing on constitutional carry today. So there, he's he's basically tweeting out their information, their their numbers for Floridians to give him a call and let them know, hey, uh, we don't we don't support this. And he's also, you know, been very actively saying you need to know who these people are who are against your Second Amendment, and primary their, their butts uh, when you can. So, also in Florida.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh.
1: So, instead of concentrating on the important issues, like constitutional carry, Florida legislature has been focusing on the state dessert. So, for some crazy reason... This is what they're debating in Tallahassee. Whether strawberry shortcake could become Florida's official dessert and also (sighs) what the crap, because everybody knows key lime pie should be the official dessert of Florida. But that's not important. The point is, this is the crap (laughs) our taxpayer dollars are paying. Yep. What the crap?
0: Yep. Please
1: focus on something important. (laughs) No one cares about the dessert of Florida. And also it should be key lime pie.
0: Key lime pie is already the city pie though. Is it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Eris is just like WTF in the chat. Yeah. This is, this is the kind of garbage that we see. This is what I call the, there used to be a segment on Dateline and NBC back in the day. I think it was called the fleecing of America. That's what this is. This is the fleecing of Floridians right here. Wasting our time on BS garbage. Instead of actual things that empower Floridians and, basically give them back their rights that were taken away by the both the federal and state governments because, let's be honest, people love talking about Florida was the first state that had con- uh, concealed carry. Why did we have concealed carry and not constitutional carry from the beginning? A lot of times we praise a lot of these little things that happened. Yes, that was cool. Florida has reciprocity with more other permits than any other state, but let's be honest, we should have a national reciprocity and Florida should have constitutional carry.
1: By the way, the person, the representative, who introduced this bill regarding strawberry shortcake... Was a Republican? It was a freaking Republican. What's the name, name
0: of that Republican? Lawrence McClure. Lawrence McClure. So
1: Lawrence McClure, Republican from Plant City, introduced HB 567. Oh my, I cannot believe this is real. <laughs> suggesting strawberry shortcake, and this bill even includes how to measure the whipped cream on this dessert.
0: Mm, you got to be kidding me. I am not kidding oh you. Oh my God. I am not
1: kidding you. This is just, wow.
0: This is some bull crap. Wait. Yes. Yes. We got to do the Nancy Pelosi alligator clap here. This is just terrible. You know,
1: wow, that's just bad. So that's what we, that's what we're dealing with Florida. So, yeah.
0: so, so uh, Floridians <laughs> here, I can tell you what we're going to do. We're going to start lighting a fire on these people's asses. Yeah. And just like Sabatini said, We're if you them. if you happen to be in Florida, I'm going to bring up their information again on Sabatini's tweet. It is, if you want to contact Wilton Simpson, he can be contacted at 850-487-5010. And Chris Sprouls can be contacted at 850-717-5065.
1: Yes, Floridians, please let these people know uh, that you will not be supporting them, and you will not be voting for them next year if they do not support constitutional carry in this state. Mm-hmm. Make this the true gun shine state, please. That's what
0: we have to do. Look, Florida is number two with freedom, but as far as I'm concerned, we shouldn't be that high with the gun control laws that we have. We have red flag laws. Our purchase age is 21. So basically, Florida says you can go die for your country overseas, but you can't own a gun to protect yourself or your wife and kids if you're under 21.
1: night train in the chat says why is Florida congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz still in office after her disaster? I, I have DNC, no uh, I have DNC no idea just, because this is Florida that's why well,
0: no because it's because people are stupid just like how's Nancy Pelosi yeah Florida man yeah, this yeah. is
1: Florida well it
0: just happens everywhere how's Nancy Pelosi been there for like 40 years it's ridiculous so we know that people are complacent they don't pay attention and they're like well, my life is going pretty good, so maybe my politicians are doing well here. I don't know. So,
1: Ting Ting is going to give a call, even though she doesn't live in Florida. Awesome.
0: Well, hey, we'll take it. That's how it is. And if Tell they do, if they <laughs> do, yeah, party. if they do have hearings in the in the Senate or in the in the, in the in, I should say the Florida Legislature, and they live stream it, we will try to simulcast it on the show. Even if I'm working, I'll just have it streaming in there, and I'll jump in the chat every once in a while. And we'll get it done just like what Clover attack did with uh, constitutional carry in Texas. It's important. This is something that we want. It would really make me never want to leave Florida at this point, even though it's a flat state and we got hurricanes and gators and stuff.
1: And I do, I actually, do, a lot of people don't know this, but I love snowboarding. So, yeah, I mean, I but look. Hey, we'll go on vacation yeah, to exactly. the cold States and see some snow and see some mountains. Absolutely. Final thing before we move to our, uh, pop culture, G4 news. Um, Georgia. I mentioned Georgia. Just FYI, uh, to our neighbors to the north. Georgia governor announces push to loosen handgun rules. Uh, he. This may be him trying to get reelected. But you know what? Take it. Take it.
0: If he gives it to you, take it.
1: Yeah, even if you don't want to vote for this dude, because he, you know, you have feelings about him. I just bring it up bring all the time.
0: Bring it up all the time. Let and, him know this yeah. is
1: important to you. Yep. Let him think that this is going to get him reelected. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, if you well, however you care. Let him know this is important to you.
0: But try to push it because you know what they can try to do here. He will probably push it while I will pass it when I get reelected.
1: He's like, no, pass it now. No, 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 pass, pass, it, pass now. it
0: now so that we know that you're legit and then we can vote for you afterwards. So you get rewarded for good behavior, not making promises that you can back up on. That's the problem. They always give us a little carrot. They dangle it there. And then they beat us with the stick right when we cross the finish line. It's like Lucy with the football and Charlie Brown. That's how they are. They're, here's your, in fact, that should be the meme right here. Constitutional carries the football. The, uh, the governors that are like calling this out are like, oh yeah, look, I'm going to give you constitutional carry. Let's do it. If you reelect me, then at the last second, they're going to pull it out from you. And we're the ones that are Charlie Brown. We're the ones that are going to fall on our asses and get fooled over here. So don't get fooled again, as the who say in their great song. And make sure that you hold these people accountable. Let, call their offices. Let them know that this is what you want. Write to them. Make sure that, you're, that they know who you are after a while. They're like, oh, man, here comes, here comes Rolando De La Vega again. He's a pain in my butt. He just wants this constitutional carry so bad. And now he goes on YouTube and tells all these people to get on my ass about it too. Yeah, damn right I am. That's what we have to do. These people need fires lit on their asses so that they do the right thing and they uphold our rights. Or give us our rights back. Let's be honest, because <laughs> that just seems how it is. Every day we get a little bit eroded. Since the ink dried on the Constitution, its power has been fading away, literally like its ink itself.
1: So, for just a quick reminder for the other uh, states, for you, if you live in these states, please keep an eye on how it's going and be participating. Put. <laughs> energy into this nebraska indiana ohio wisconsin georgia alabama and florida you guys are the next set that are going to be getting the possibility of constitutional carry let's make it happen
0: absolutely mr knife says that the who sucks now which who do you mean do you mean the who or do you mean the who the band
1: i like the band
0: because i think the who are awesome the who sucks so that's uh that, that's my stance on that. But if you don't like the who, well, it is what it is, man. I mean,
1: that's fine.
0: Agree to disagree.
1: So, you ready for some pop? Yeah, culture? let's do it. Let's su- right, so man. This
0: two hours went super fast today, guys. Yes, Thank did. you so much. Uh, you guys have been awesome. Appreciate all of the feedback in the chat. You guys have taken this conversation in a different direction tonight, and uh, we really appreciate it. It would the show would not be half as good without you guys.
1: Yes. So let's switch gears to a little bit of a light topic before we go. But it's also important because this shows where we are in the world (laughs) culturally. Um, So let's give a little bit of a background on what G4 is. G4 is a network that is a cult classic that was uh, very popular in in the 2000s. Famous famous for Olivia Munn, uh, Chris Gore, um, Morgan Webb. They're uh, some of the well-known uh They basically reviewed video games. It, it was very much of a bro kind of channel. Um, if anyone remembers Olivia Munn, she did kind of had a character kind of thing. Like, yeah, she was actually a gamer and reviewed games and was well respected. But she played up her sexiness, and there was actual skits. It's not like they were just utilizing mm-hmm. her. She was very much involved in the skits. Um, she famously ate a hot dog. That was hanging on a string and <laughs> did it in a sexy way, like so. It's kind of like she she knew what she was doing and she was okay with it, and that's that's the mm-hmm. culture that I was in the two thousands, yeah. and that's what the the network was like.
0: G four was really a reflection of kind of the bro gaming culture that was going on at the time that was very popular. You know, at the time, uh, Halo Halo was popular, Call of Duty early on. Obviously, those are very popular games today, but that's when. They were really making an impact and having midnight launches that you've never seen before. And the level of fandom was massive. So G4 uh, was basically gestated in this era and born in this era. And they leaned into that. I'd like to say, I think G4 kind of created a lot of the culture that we see in YouTube channels today. So they were kind of a precursor of the format that we see a lot on YouTube today from private, uh, from creators, but in a more of a television format. They had great shows like Attack of the Show. They had X Play, where they did video game reviews. It was a pretty awesome channel, and everybody that worked there was pretty cool at the time. They, I believe, in 2013, they were uh, turned into Esquire Esquire Channel, or 2014, and the channel basically ceased to exist at that time. Now, in uh, in 2020, they started trying to soft launch the show again, and now really, it's it has. Uh, it's really come back on YouTube. but
1: So it went from being an, a cable network to dying to coming back as a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. just to clarify that. and it's a lot YouTube of, channel. And a
0: lot of us were excited because we grew up in that era. We're like, oh man, G4 TV, this was before wokeness happened. They were willing to push kind of the edge, the boundaries here. They were totally politically incorrect and they really kind of leaned in on the bro culture at the time and really the demographics of the day. So a lot of... Millennials that grew up in that time were pretty excited that G four was coming back, but started seeing some bad signs when we realized some of the great. Obviously, Olivia Munn is too is too big for this kind of stuff now. I think at this well, point. Well,
1: anyway, the point is the 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 greats of the of the past era are gone, and now we have a bunch of new people as hosts. And this week there was a host called her name. Uh, she has an Icelandic name. She's actually her background is she's a former League of Legends commentator, Uh, I guess she was into esports and she actually, she used to be uh, an esports player herself before she was a commentator Um, and now she's, you know, PC gamer now on G4 reviewing console games mostly which is not her strong suit Um, and she, G4 released this clip, they actually retweeted it even after um, as if they were proud of, of this clip of Of this Fro Froskarin, her real name is Indiana. Indiana Black is her real name. Froskerin, um is her, I guess, her handle, and that's the Icelandic word for frog. Okay. Ironic um, that you say that right when
0: Kermit loves bacon comes into the chat. Hey Kermit.
1: <laughs> but anyway, uh, you gotta watch it. So go ahead and uh, hit play, and we'll we'll let's
0: just yeah, we'll we'll s- is the audio working here? Let's see. Uh,
2: time G4 is brought up in various channels, even in this YouTube channel, we have the chat in front of us, I can see you, without a doubt, there will be backlash because I'm not as bangable as the previous host. It's somehow... Talk to him, Frost! It has somehow been expected that you can talk about how much you jerked off to women as a compliment. It's not a compliment. It's weird! It's dehumanizing and it's weird. Women do not exist to be nice on the eyes for you. Morgan Webb, Olivia Munn did not exist to be nice on the eyes for you. (laughs) Hey, she cooking, y'all. And that's just obvious sexism. You don't need to explicitly objectify women or declare that you hate women to be sexist. Just go ahead and check out Thorne's latest meltdown on Twitter for some spark notes. Now, here at X-Play, our reviews are written and produced by a team of people. There are too many games for one person to shoulder the burden. So we divide and conquer. And when we use language like we or I, that's the reviewer. That's coming from the mouth and experience of the reviewer reading that review. And that's not to say that Gerard, TBH, Adam, or myself don't contribute to the reviews. We absolutely do. But it'll always be in varying degrees and take a whole team behind us. That's why we're X play and not Adam play. We have done the experiment and control- There's the 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 Pelosi clap. Adam will read a script written by the same writer that I will read the other half of the script for, but I'll be the one flamed. And yeah, it also happens to Gerard and TBH but that doesn't discount the sexism of how it happens to me when it does. Both things can be true, that there is a general hatred of any change that isn't Adam and that all receive special flame just for being a woman. And I wish I could turn the camera around so that you could see the incredible team that make X-Play. Half of our producers and writers are women. Emily, Abby, Megan, Joe, Jake, Zipper, Gabby, it goes on and on and on. Former writers that are now on ATOS like Vanessa. When you're in our DMs or on those YouTube comments or in Twitch chat right now, those reactionary threads, thinking that I'm somehow ruining your current X-Play experience because you can't objectify me how you previously did to Morgan, or that I'm somehow less qualified to speak on something, but you can't quite put your finger on why, even though I'm reading the exact same script as Adam, but you have no problem with he's part of it, You're letting your unconscious biases ruin my day and you're gatekeeping the gaming space. So maybe for 2022, we'd be a bit nicer, a bit more self-reflective and we enjoy the fact that people are working hard to make free content for you. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Peace. That's,
0: uh, that's pretty much it there. So, I mean, look, you're alienating your audience. You're kind of going against the, and honestly, Go, go ahead, Joe. To, let's start with, <laughs> this
1: is gaming, okay? For those who don't play video games, go play Halo. And tell me you're not going to run into someone who calls you a P-word or uh, a beta or, like, notorious gaming culture is you talk crap to your opponent. That is just You can't get, like you have to have a thick skin if you're gonna be a gamer playing on the internet. How has she gotten to this point where she's a professional gamer, to the point that she's now on a show reviewing games and she has a history as a professional gamer. How has she gotten to this point? And also she's on YouTube, which has, she's a, a public figure on the internet between being a gamer and being a professional on the internet. How have you gotten to the point where you don't have a thick skin that people in the YouTube chat, they weren't even saying anything bad about, or they're saying as bad as you think. She just messed up and she said something wrong in a review. That's why she said, oh, I don't write my reviews. Other people write my reviews. And you guys came down on me because I'm a woman. No, they came down on you because you suck. And also... Get a thick skin because mm-hmm. people are going to be, anytime you're on the internet, people are going to say crap to you. I, I'm i not, I'm barely, I'm nothing on the internet. I still get crap. Message to me, you know what I do? I hit delete and move on. Because it doesn't matter. What did she say? Your unconscious biases are ruining my day. <laughs> no. You're ruining your day by letting other people's crap affect you.
0: Yeah. I like, uh, Let's see what uh, some of the people in the chat say. Uh she won't survive Call of Duty, not at all.
1: <laughs> Anybody who's played any game online is like, seriously? Yeah. And the fact that you say Olivia Munn was not meant for you to be easy on the eyes needs to go back and watch, fine, just Google Olivia Munn eats a hot dog and tell me, <laughs> uh did G4 really does really is G4 a feminist network?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, uh yeah, I just We brought it up, a lot of people in the gaming space are talking about it just because we like G4, we like the direction that they came from, their origin, we like a lot of the... We used to like Adam Sessler and and those guys there, but now if you even look, Adam Sessler was the guy that was on, on the TV doing the clapping, he had the glasses, he's one of the original founders of G4. Now, see, this has kind of blown them up because now everybody's being exposed here. So everybody now is like, well, Adam, why would you bring on... Uh, why would you bring this girl on if she clearly has some issues and she's not happy about things? Like, she's totally different than the other people. Has nothing to her- See, this is what the problem that I have. It's never about being a woman. It's about being, not being a, a, a totally annoying person or, or just somebody that has this rage built in. So the reason that Olivia Munn and all the other women on G4 were successful is because they could hang. They understood. We're dealing with a lot of teenage dudes. You're gonna say Their a,
1: audience is 9- and 12-year-olds. Yeah. yeah, their audience
0: like, at the time, it's a bunch of teenagers or now dudes a lot of time that grew up. And there are some women there too. See, that's another thing. They basically discount, what if there were women that thought that Olivia Munn was hot too? There are lesbians out there. Are there not? They find women attractive. So it's also this weird thing. But to me, one, somebody in the chat says it could be scripted. If it was scripted, G4 made a very bad decision. I think it was partially scripted but you can tell it got personal for her
1: towards the end. So I I almost think that she's got this. I could could tell that she clearly has a low self-esteem and she has a problem with not being found attractive. Like that's a personal problem and she's lashing out at other people. Like I I'm clearly, she feels like like she's confused as to whether she wants to be found bangable or not found bangable. Like the fact that you're even having that conversation is weird. Yeah. Um, Sounds you just should. like AOC.
0: Yeah. The like, only reason Republicans care about me is because they want to have sex with me or whatever she said.
1: Yeah, it's what you should do is be professional and just treat if someone's talking crap in in the chat, you just ignore it or you delete it if you mm-hmm. want to, but you don't go out and attack your audience because guess what? Now your audience doesn't want to watch you. And she says peace. Okay, well then guess what? Your network's going to fail because Know your audience. This is a gamer network. Mostly people who watch stuff like this are teenage boys, just demographics-wise, and you just shot yourself in the foot. So I just don't understand. Armed
0: Atlas says, wait, does she want the attention or not because I swore she was gay? Yes, apparently she's a lesbian. She She said she self-described herself as the Brad Pitt of lesbians. So, (laughs) I mean... I
1: mean, and also if you go to G4's (laughs) other skits, like recent skits, like they, they had a skit where there was like... Frost was in a a little, like, jeep, like a toy jeep, and she had one girl on top of the jeep twerking. So don't tell me that you want to be a feminist and not, like, totally, like, don't look at women. Yeah. We're not here for you. But then have a, a skit where you have your coworker twerking on top of the jeep that you're driving because that's, like, called hypocrisy. Yep. So it is what it is. If you... Like I'm, I'm not like, I'm, I'm not about objectifying women. Like I don't, I'm personally like, if you want to go out and put on a bikini and put on a, grab an AR-15 and and do your thing, go do your thing. That's not my thing. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to like, like you do you. If you're comfortable doing that, great. That's like, I'm not going to crap on Olivia Munn for eating a hot dog in a sexy manner because she was okay with it. That's her thing Frost clearly is not okay with it. That's fine. Then you're not doing it. And yep. you're not doing it. You're dressed in not a sexy manner. But you can't get upset then that people don't want to bang you. Like, it's very confusing. Her 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 stick is you want to be seen as a, a person and not a woman? Fine. Then accept that. Don't get upset when people say, well, you're not attractive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. <laughs> they, they don't have to find you yep. attractive. Yep. It's just, she needs to uh, probably go seek some help about herself and get over, you know, get some thick skin uh, and get some self-esteem.
0: Yeah. So really what-
1: Let yourself, hold on a second. Your opinion needs to be based on you, not other people. Yeah. I, if someone comes and tells me I'm not cute, guess what? I don't care because I am very secure in myself and I don't care what other people- I think she's pretty hot. (laughs) (laughs) You shouldn't care what if if your audience finds you bangable or not, because if you want to be a professional, that's great. That's, that's not your, like, that's not your objective. Then act like it's not your objective. Act like you're, you're, you're you're professional. You can't have it both ways. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: uh, Atlas armed Atlas says in the chat, I think I would think that she'd lean into one of the bros lane. Well, that's what we're saying. It has nothing to do with her appearance. It has everything to do with her behavior. And also,
1: by the way, she sucks. Like I actually watched her commentary; is bad. She, yeah, she doesn't know anything about console gaming, but she's reviewing consoles. It's really bad. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Brian Quick thinks that (laughs) she isn't bad looking. Stop it. We we, we won't go there. We won't go there. That'll get Joe on a rant. I I think she looks like a horse, but you know that's just the way that it is.
1: She's not my cup of
0: tea. Yeah. So, and, and as a Puerto Rican dude that's married to a Latina, you can do a lot better. Believe me. There, you can do a lot better. Well,
1: they're, they're comparing <laughs> her to other Now, compared you know, to other politicians, politicians, I'd say Tulsi Gabbard is probably the best looking. Yeah. And I also think that Bobert is pretty cute.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll and see. If we
1: get uh, Anna Paulina Luna now. Anna Paulina Luna, she's very attractive.
0: Mm-hmm. So. so, yeah, Eula thinks it's, it's marketing. Yeah, but you know, I don't think that that works as well anymore because what you're going to get is that you're just going to get people trolling you at this point. So, you're going to get downvoted to oblivion. People are going to troll you, and you're going to be the butt of jokes and lose respect and credibility. When you're That's watching not, yeah. G4, this
1: is the internet. You yeah. can't, you can't cry on the internet and not expect people to jump on you and dogpile.
0: So when I'm watching G4, which was an established, an established uh, IP within nerd culture, get less than a thousand viewers on a live stream, and I'm watching Nerd Rotic and uh, and geeks and gamers on Friday Night Tights get twelve thousand people on a live stream. That shows you. <laughs> the direction that you need to go to. So, I mean, that's, that's really all there is to it, but really, why do I bring it up? We're in a creator space. So this is an example of what not to do and how not to treat your audience and how to handle the chat. So it seems like G4 is still stuck in the TV way of doing things and they don't understand YouTube and how YouTube works. So I I think it's going to be to their own detriment I don't know if they will issue an apology, Armed Atlas. We know how people are. Look. They're
1: doubling down. If well, you follow their Twitter, like, they're doubling down. Yeah. And, and they're not being apologetic. Whatsoever. And
0: part and part of the problem is uh, Adam Sessler's tweets are just reprehensible. Now, see, her her bad behavior has now opened up everyone's dirty laundry. So, this is the other risk that you have online. Um, let's see if, uh, if I can bring up an article with his tweets. He basically said heinous things about Republicans... And all of these things. So it's pretty ridiculous. Uh, here, let me bring it. Oh, yeah, bounding into comics. I like them. So, yeah, I mean, look, this is what we're dealing with here. So now G4 has destroyed their reputation because now their main creator and, and primary host, now old tweets of his are have been resurfaced, saying Republicans are stupid, racist, and drink pee. Uh, just so <laughs>
1: He also said that his family members are Trump voters, and he hopes they die.
0: Yeah. So you can see some of the tweets here. So, until they clean their ranks, Republicans are a terrorist organization. They are the bad guys from Germany with no fashion designer helping them. So, I, I mean, you can see already here, so now this has opened up their their path towards no forgiveness here because your old fan base, a lot of them who grew up in the early 2000s, grew up in competitive game lobbies, talking a lot of garbage uh, and learning how to become thick-skinned as... 11, to 10, and 12-year-olds back in the day like myself, we understand that somebody's going to talk about your mother. They're going to curse you out. They're going to say pretty bad things about you, sometimes borderline racist stuff, and you just say F you, and you kick their ass in the game, and then you teabag them later on in Halo. That's what dudes do. You talk garbage. Even with your best friends, you tell them, go F yourself, and I hope that you lose everything in your life. That's how That's how these, That's how how these. it goes. You can go watch Geeks and Gamers right now with their Mario Kart I'm sure that Jeremy is cursing at Young Ripper right now and telling him that he sucks at life because that's how dudes are when they play video games. Is that It's, it's funny as heck. People don't take it seriously. That's how it like is.
1: That's just part of gamer <laughs> yeah. culture. Like that's that's how sports I'm, are. I'm, I mean, yeah. some, somebody might be out there going, wow, Joe, I expected better of you to support women. I'm like, yeah, you're no. walking into a space that is, that's how the culture is. And also, she's also being very confusing. Like, I... Do not, I'm not down with the being a, a gun bunny. I keep it professional. And that's all you need to do. You keep it professional and you move it on. You don't sit there and harp about, you know, anyone. I get like crap DMs all the time about how cute I am or whatever. Guess what, delete, move it, keep it moving. There's always going to be cray cray. There's always going to be men being men. You just act professional. Delete it. Keep it moving. You're not going to change that yep. aspect of the world. There you sorry. go. You're not uh, going to change that.
0: F-Stop Harlot, my boyfriend, and I talk crap to each other when playing video games, too. Don't play games if you can't handle it. Yeah. They're so competitive. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's how it is. So
1: skin, doesn't know how to handle the internet, and also needs to get out of gaming if she has that, you know, like, she doesn't know what, yeah. what's up.
0: I, I'm sorry. Stick to single-player games with no adversity. Then play, I don't know, play... Uh, you're stuck in then playing Pokemon Stardew Valley and and other games where you have no multiplayer. Well, no Stardew mm-hmm. has multiplayer too. It does have multiplayer. So now maybe you can't handle that either.
1: I don't know. Well, <laughs> what, what, no, no, gonna... she can't handle that she either. Can't maybe. Handle that. Yeah. So, um, Armed Atlas says, "Wait to find Gun Bunny." Always a good conversation. Ooh. Um, well, Rolando's heard me talk about this. I am not a big fan of it. Uh, just because I think that in this space it's it's been a struggle to, like, I've talked about this before. I've had this conversation when, um, when we had Beth Alcazar on, and she was, she's was she been in the industry for over 20 years, the gun industry. She told me about her first time that she went to SHOT Show, and I forgot what they called her, but they were like, oh, look, um, uh, gun show hoes or something like that. Yeah. So it, it started out, like, 20 years is not a long time. 20 years ago, or, or 15 years ago, or however long it was, the fact that you couldn't walk into a SHOT show without people expecting you to be, you know, like show hoes is pretty disgusting.
0: Sorry, Confucius maybe be in the chat.
1: Wow, there are some <laughs> shallow people on here. AOC is not that bad. Besides, there's a reason the doggy style was invented so you don't have to look at her. Okay, you win the internet, today.
0: You win the internet <laughs> that, today. That's good. That's good. Actually I'll give you we'll give you a cheer for that one. That was good. That was a joke in the chat. Excellent work.
1: So <laughs> so my point is I don't care. You can do whatever you want, but I personally don't support gun bunnyism because women have had to come up from that where all they were. If you went to a shot show twenty years ago, there were showhos. like there were women in scantily clad outfits holding guns. And now you walk into a SHOT Show, and there is none of that. And the fact that women have had to gain, like, respect, and it took them a long time to do that and accept and and find a place and be accepted in the gun industry. You know, to this day, there still is sexism in the gun industry. I've talked about it. I've experienced it. Um, I've been mansplained. I've walked into a store and said, I want this gun. And in a respectable gun store that I used to support... And was told I didn't know what I was talking about, and I didn't. I wasn't allowed to buy that gun. Uh, that true story. They didn't sell me the freaking gun, and I was like, you know what? Screw you. I had the money in my hand. I was like, screw you. I walked out of the store and didn't buy shit. Um. So that happens. Every, every woman has a mansplaining, sexism in the industry story. So that's my only problem with gun bunnyism and why I don't support it uh, personally, because I think that it takes us back a step. And especially in a space where it's been male dominated and you should act professional and you should act like, that's not the only thing that I have going for me is being cute. That's it. Like respect me for being like respect me for my place in this industry. And that's it. So that's my issue with it.
0: Yeah, I would say that, um, uh, I I would say that I think it's good that the industry has moved away from it. I think if individual creators, if women choose to do that and take, photos where they're scantily clad with guns and they make money off of their or whatever gain notoriety, they can do it themselves. But I think the industry promoting it is not necessarily a good thing, mm-hmm. but everybody has their own choice. There's just, a
1: place for everything. There's I, a place for everything. So it's like, I don't like, I just see it as I, that's you, that's you. Like if you want to have something where you're, I've, I swear I've seen this. I'm not going to say who it is. The creator who does this has a huge following People respect her. She's actually a great shooter, but has a video of her with her, like, double Ds, like, bent over with a... You know what I'm talking about. And she's cleaning her gun with her, like, right there. And that's her thing. Like, she's... Like, it's not like I'm imagining it. It's, like, videos, like, my tits are out, and I'm cleaning my gun, or I'm doing some crazy thing where I'm doing a split, and do... You know, whatever. Like, that's your thing. Great. Uh, Does it bring... Is there some benefit to it? Maybe you could probably say it brings some, like, brings more people in. They, they find you cool. Maybe they, I don't know. Like, maybe it does bring more women in. I don't know. I personally do not find that. I do not like that. That's my opinion. I prefer to keep it professional. That's just what my opinion on it is.
0: Armnetless says he's had a girl explain that she likes expressing her feminine nature. So. That's
1: fine. That's yeah. her opinion on it. I mean, I express my feminine nature. I take cute pictures, but I'm not naked.
0: <laughs> so,
1: but, I keep it professional that's all I'm saying
0: uh, Armed Atlas is like what's your idea of a male gun bunny there aren't really any guys that do that I though. wish there was, was yes, <laughs> it, there's the double standard Yeah, I'm kidding no, <laughs> no I'm I'm just, I know what you mean no I'm,
1: I'm kidding I'm but
0: kidding. uh, but yeah, there
1: are none I haven't seen
0: any well to kind of go back a little bit to what we were talking about with G4 and kind of on the same tangent I think it's funny that you see the left basically promote women's empowerment through becoming basically legalizing prostitution and things like that and empowering women to own, you know, open only fan sites and take photos and basically uh, participate in that trade. Yet at the same time, you have women that would vote for that and say that, Oh yes, that empowers women. Also saying, I don't want to be objectified. I was like, so you're literally telling women that it's awesome that they empower themselves by participating in basically pornographic material, but then it's not okay for men to judge your attractiveness later. Like it's like, it's a double standard here. It's like, that's why the left is going to end up getting into a lot of trouble because of these contradictory, uh, contradictory ideologies. You can't promote. Those are two contradictory points of view where don't look at me. Don't objectify me, but go girl power. I'm all for women walking around, you know, being, uh, show bunnies or things like that, or, or you know, opening an fans. which again, you can do whatever you I've want. I've also seen some
1: people, I'm not gonna again, not gonna say names, who literally wore somebody who is in the um 2A sphere who wore a <laughs> latex and I'm not kidding a latex body, skin tight bodysuit, uh, holding a gun, and but then and and toes taking pictures like that with her boobs out in a latex bo- skin tight suit, but then got mad when someone objectified her mm-hmm. so i'm like
0: yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's, i
1: don't know like this is the same thing it's like do you want to be found bangable or do you not want to like what is your objective here like and that's fine you don't have like you shouldn't have to it's kind of like that oh well she was asking for a thing like i agree there is like there is like you should be allowed to wear whatever you want but know what your intentions are here like Mm-hmm. with that aspect like in the gun bunny thing i'm not talking about the oh she was asking for getting a wolf whistle or whatever mm-hmm. um but just no like i just find that like contradictory like if you didn't want to get someone telling you you look hot then you shouldn't have worn a late literally latex like cat suit. yeah uh just my opinion
0: uh, let's go to the chat before we finish up. We went longer than we wanted to. Today. And trench work.
1: Yeah, she did. I agree. She didn't look that good.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, that wasn't a good look. Uh, Sean Osby, thanks for joining the chat. Jeremy has already mocked young Rippa even before the game started. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. So that's awesome. That's what we're going to check out as soon as we're done here. At least I am. Who's watching? Who's watching? Uh, Sean Osby was watching Geeks and Gamers Mario Kart already. Oh man, so. Okay. <laughs> So, Eris uh, Legacy, thanks for stopping by the show today too. You've been awesome in the chat. Yes, they'll eat. Uh, end up eating themselves. Totally agree. Uh, trench work. We are. We address that. Uh, what was that, Brian? Quick latex closures. So late eighties. Maybe latex girl's a superhero. <laughs> uh, said Confucius.
1: I think it's just kind of like you got to smell bad afterwards because it doesn't breathe. So oh like man, you know, yeah, like, that's gotta that's be bad. That's not sexy at all. I'm like, what? You know, I'm. I'm, I'm very practical, <laughs> so I'm like. That's not how when you take that off and you're all like, you're sweaty. Yeah. You're
0: gross. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, we went longer today. I was shooting for like a two-hour show today because uh, I was going to kind of celebrate my uh, my 35 years a little bit this evening. But, hey, I enjoyed having a great time. This was a great conversation. doesn't even feel like we were here for two and a half hours. I really, really appreciate uh, all of you. We had some new faces here today. Sean Aris. You guys were awesome. Really love you guys in the chat. You were fantastic. Uh, Armed Atlas, Aaron is always here. He's got a great show himself. You should check out his YouTube channel. He's uh, he's getting close to 1,000 there himself, Arndt, we're which gonna, is have magic I haven't, number. I, I
1: haven't forgotten about you. I have to message you back. Yes. I'm just trying to find my, my schedule's been in flux, so I'm trying to actually get that settled. Yeah, I know. Uh,
0: and, uh, and yeah, and F-Stop Harlot, awesome for you joining the chat. Love hearing stories about, you know, um, Couples playing video games and talking garbage to one another. That's great.
1: Again, it's just part of the culture. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, awesome. I love all of you out there. Appreciate all of you. Ting Ting, Mandatory Carry, Confucius, Brian Quick, all of you guys, thank you so much for stopping by the chat. Mm -hmm. Uh, YC9, Trenchwork, Yuladamas, everybody, thank you so much. Brian Quick and Mr. Knives. Uh, Anybody we forgot. Yep. And, uh, and... And uh, Kermit loves bacon. We hadn't seen him in a while, so it was great to see a lot of old faces come back and a lot of new ones. So this is fantastic. Thank you all for joining us on episode seventy-five. We didn't even talk about the CZ seventy-five really. We didn't, but, but we hey, talked about a it's episode seventy-five of because of the CZ seventy-five and Joe's got one. So there you go. This uh, this episode has been brought to you by the CZ seventy-five. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. I paid for that. <laughs> so. Again, thank you all. We will be back here. Are you going to be here on Sunday or when when's your next trip? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm here. Okay. I,
1: I, I can I got canceled.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, you, oh no, Joe got canceled? I What'd got you canceled. say on Twitter? Uh
1: no, 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 my trip got canceled. Oh, okay. I'm not not I'm not canceled. I'm not on Twitter. Yeah.
0: So, yep, for all of you if uh follow Sean, check out Geeks and Gamers if you want to see uh dudes talking mad garbage to one another while playing video games. And yeah, Mario that's what Kart We're going to go,
1: do. We're gonna go eat cupcakes and forgot about the I cupcakes. I did forget about the uh-huh. cupcakes. Yeah, I did. I didn't. <laughs> I was thinking about them the whole last hour. <laughs> Ooh,
0: there you go. So, yep. Thanks a lot everybody for watching us. We'll be back here next week and thank you for enjoying the show and for joining us this evening. Take care.